Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. I love the weather and the strawberry dram and all of the uh, raspberries and strawberries and blackberries out. There's a woman in the papers this morning who apparently has fallen in love with a bumblebee. Why not? And sleeps with the bee and everything. They become very attached. Um, paper-wise this morning, of course, the death of Charlie Watts at the age of 80 dominates many of the papers, particularly the red tops. And I'll come back to that in a, in a few minutes' time. But do um, you know that the Rolling Stones played Cork? They played the Savoy in January of 1965. I wonder if there's anyone listening to me right now who was at that gig or knew somebody who was at the gig. Apparently, they were pelted with jelly beans. And this is a, a, a term of, 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 it's endearment, it's love. They weren't being booed or, you know, harassed off the stage. Apparently, jelly beans were, I love you. Um, and it was so loud, apparently, you just couldn't hear the music at all. They said that about the likes of the Stones and indeed uh, the Beatles for many years, that even the Beatles and the Stones themselves couldn't hear the notes or the songs that they were singing or, or playing. But more on that in a few minutes' time. Uh, a lot of COVID stories making the papers today, but... More of a positive than a negative in one way because Stephen Donnelly has come out. The health ministry said that all remaining restrictions will be lifted before Christmas, including opening all musical venues. All artists will be allowed to perform and get back to work. Christmas is a long way off for them. I imagine that's, you know, I guess music and drama and arts will happen sooner than that. But nightclubs, they figure, will be the last link in the chain. And that will be before Christmas. Now, where we are with regards to masks... Uh, I imagine that that may continue. Mask wearing would remain in place in high-risk settings for some time. And, you know, the coughing and the hand hygiene and the washing. I suppose we'll never go back from any of that. Uh, But as to whether or not masks will be gone by Christmas, don't know about that, but certainly everything else. Simon Coveney has slammed as indefensible the blatant breaches of the public health guidelines of the weekend's All-Ireland hurling final. And there's a change in the offing now because... um, it seems as if Tony Hoolan is now saying, and Tony Hoolan said he would have no problem with outdoor gigs like the likes of Electric Picnic and things like that. And I think Electric Picnic had a statement last night when they heard Tony Hoolan saying that, saying, OK, well, um, you know, then the county council that is in charge of Electric Picnic, reverse your decision now and let us get on with the gig because apparently Tony Hoolan says outdoors for vaccinated people, not a bother. But he's also saying that only vaccinated fans should be allowed to go to the upcoming All-Ireland football final. So he's saying nobody should be at that unless they are jabbed. And that wasn't the case, to the best of my knowledge, it wasn't the case uh, with regards to the hurling final. Um, There are uh, at least four families now that are being targeted, I'm told, by those uh, sections of society that don't believe in the vaccine. Um, They are commonly termed as anti-vaxxers. And one family was on Joe Duffy yesterday, a young Irish woman, uh, to go on the radio and tell of her awful experience that her family went through for the past six months with anti-vaxxer groups falsely using her late sister's image for their campaign. Apparently, Nicole Cahill passed away in March at the age of 22. Very quickly after her funeral... The family started spotting her picture being used online with articles claiming that she died from COVID-19 and referencing the vaccine as the reason why she died. Uh, One group took the death notice from RIP.ie and the photo of her as well, uh, of her vaccination card from Instagram and used it without permission. Uh, It was a heavy-hitting conversation yesterday with with Joe Duffy. Uh, Oh, another young life gone from the vaccine. And it just wasn't the case. And there are other families saying likewise about their sons or indeed uh, their daughters. Uh, And I get 
emails regularly from people saying, why aren't you talking about free debate? If you talk about free debate, why aren't you debating the PCR fraud? How vaccines are killing people. I'll come back to those emails a little later on because they name people in the emails that I get who they allege died uh, soon after uh, the COVID vaccine was, was administered, including a 23-year-old boy. In other news this morning, there's um, the Irish Council for Prisoners Overseas are working with 1,100 Irish prisoners in 30 countries around the world and they want them to be able to come home and serve their time at home one of the main reasons they say is because they can't see family uh, particularly during the pandemic where family couldn't visit them or travel to see them and that the hardship is just too much to endure in prison overseas and for those that are attempting to change their body image by using diet pills you want to be very careful because the papers this morning say that they control contain controlled substances um, sold openly online that are very bad for your health. It's a report from Witch magazine that actually went into the contents and the ingredients of some of these diet pills that do unbelievable damage uh, to your organs and indeed your heart. Damage done to the life of uh, Jimmy White. Well, we know that he uh, spent an awful lot of money on booze and uh, cocaine and smokes and certain, I don't know whether he smokes anymore, but he certainly did like a trooper. But the papers this morning pick up on a story from one of those documentaries that I watched on the Snooker Greats a few weeks, a few months back, where he says that he gambled a, mi- a minimum, he gambled a minimum of 3.5 million euro. I don't know how he came up with the figure. He probably sat down with the pen and paper, but that's what he came up with, three and a half million. And I wonder how many of those bets actually won him any money. Papers also today, um, just reminding you of the old flu gla- a few glasses of vino. Apparently the, the white wine has no health benefits whatsoever. None. But if you want to have some health benefits with regards to wine, it needs to be red wine. For a few glasses a week will lower your blood pressure. Maybe that's why people reach for the wine o'clock when they've had a long, hard, stressful day. I mean, nerves. Oh my God, I'm stressed. Um, reach for the red wine. Lowers blood, blood pressure. And if you want to know, because I love these stories, we were talking yesterday morning Uh, about food-related things when it came to uh, what we like to eat and how we like to eat them. Yesterday, of course, it uh, was uh, sausage sandwiches and whether you use butter or whether you use mayo when you're making a sandwich. This morning, it's the perfect boiled egg. Or indeed, more to the point, the perfect egg and soldiers. If I have to explain to you now this morning what soldiers are, forget about it, I'm not. So the study says, for the optimum dippy egg and toasted fingers, it is required that you take a medium egg to be boiled for 4 minutes and 25 seconds. To be like a bullet, wouldn't it? 4 minute 25 second egg would be like a bullet, but they're saying not. They're saying it's the perfect soft boiled egg. 4 minutes 25. But here's the rub. Apparently after the 4 minutes and 25 seconds on the boil, you plunge it into cold water, not for 60 seconds, not for 50, but for 57 seconds. Are you following me? Then the white bread should be toasted for just under three minutes and cut into 2.1 cm wide soldiers and buttered, then served with a little salt. Huh? Salt on the bread or, or what? Or the egg? So you toast it first. Then you cut it into soldiers and then you butter it. Like you wouldn't butter the whole slice and then cut it into soldiers. But there you have it nonetheless. As you're heading back, so now you know. Go check it out for me, lads. See if it works. Um, now now that we're heading back to school, of course, and you're looking at books and sacks and clothes and shoes. Interesting story making the Daily Star this morning, the UK, of a parent whose 10-year-old son will only wear designer gear 
be equivalent to our primary school. He'll only wear Tommy Hilfiger, Nike, Adidas, Calvin Klein underpants, phantom football boots and Nike Air Force runners. <laughs> he'll only wear it. And, and she apparently play, tolerates this for some reason. So she spent £2,000 on back-to-school clothes for her son, who's aged 10, because he'll only wear designer gear. So if your 10-year-old is wrecking your head, bear it in mind. Uh, give him or her a big hug, because they could be this young fella with his only designer gear. It's a lovely one that uh, talking about how you can spot a liar. Um, apparently their breathing changes. Apparently, they ever, if they're lying to you, they'll, when you're trying to address the lie uh, or it's getting some way kind of tricky, they'll keep on changing the subject. Uh, they apparently, when they lie, will cover their mouth. Liars touch their nose way too much, apparently. Um, they have long pauses when they're lying. Hear me with me long pauses now, just for effect. Um, sometimes they have a wide grin. Some liars blink wildly. Um, others then, because, you know, they say that liars are fidgeting all the time. You know, they never kind of settled in. They're always fidgeting. But they look to the right as well. So these are, like, obviously I'm not saying a liar does all of these different things. But if you're trying to catch somebody out in a lie, these are the things you need to look out for. And I love the story on Daniel O'Donnell because uh, he has made 690 grand in the last year and hasn't done a gig. It seems as if Daniel does more money not gig, gets more money not gigging than he does gigging, but his profits now have jumped to 4.3 million euro. Fair play to him. And the paper results, you heard it in the news this morning, where there's a vile smell down in Kinsale and they're very unhappy with it. Now, it's, it's not a funny story. It's a pain for the people down there because some of them are saying that it's so bad the smell of Kinsale from a wastewater treatment plant that some people are thinking of leaving such as their frustration. It's the story making uh, the uh, front page of this morning's Echo. That and lots more besides on 1850-104-106. The Neil Prenderville Show. So I'll come back to the death of Charlie Watts a little later on this morning, but it wouldn't be a wonderful thing if we did manage to talk to somebody who was at that gig back in 1965 when the guards were called to the Savoy. It, it, people weren't fighting. There weren't troublemakers there. It was just fan frenzy by all accounts. But an unbelievable gig with screaming teenagers. It was their first visit to Cork and their last stop on a whirlwind Irish tour. I'd love to talk to somebody who was at it. But, of course, Charlie Watts died at the age of 80 yesterday. He'd been unwell for some years and had throat cancer, but seemingly had recovered. But he was back in hospital again for an unspecified um, illness or, or surgery or, or treatment. We don't know what it was. And he died, um, sadly, uh, in the last 24 hours. So more on that a little later on. And a couple of songs from the Rolling Stones as well. Now, uh, when we were actually ran out of time talking on this topic yesterday, amongst other different topics, communion and the confusion of it. And I asked Father Tom Hayes for some confirmation. And he said that because of guidelines, no communions and no confirmations. And I said, well, how come I'm hearing of some churches and parishes that are? And he said, well... They shouldn't. And I was telling you that Rathcormack and Bartlemy schools celebrated their confirmation ceremonies uh, this week. Uh, I don't know if anybody came calling or they, they just got on with it and got confirmation this morning that confirmations will take place in Ballyhay on Saturday. So lots and lots of confusion regarding confirmations and communions. If there are others going ahead, do let me know because they seem to be contravening the guidelines. But anyway, Leona, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good. You want to just pick up on that. So what's on your mind? 
Well, I have um, communion on, well, meant to have communion on the 11th of September um, in Balavalan. Yeah. And we got a text message yesterday saying that it's being postponed. And I rang around a few, around the diocese and the bishop was out for the week and his secretary is on holidays. So I rang around other diocese and they all seem to be still going ahead. And to me, it just looks like as if it's Cork that's not going ahead. When you say other diocese, can you tell me which diocese? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Lim, uh, Limerick diocese are going ahead. Dublin, Meath, Waterford, Rapikin. Um, a friend texted me yesterday and they're in Blarney and they got no email saying that theirs were cancelled. And when they is the date, say, for instance, for Blarney? Um, I think she was saying was it the 23rd or the 25th of September, the Saturday of that week. That's extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you know what? The kids have had enough. They've been through enough. Like, they're going back to school, Neil, um, next week, and they're allowed to mix. But can't go into the church with the same kids to make their communion. Okay, so up the country, Meath, Dublin and Limerick. Closer to home, Blarney, Rathpeakin. Waterford. What was the other? Yeah, there was another one. We know of Ballyhay and we know of Rathcormick. So for those communions to go ahead, it would have to be with the cooperation of the school and the Catholic Church, wouldn't it? I, I, yeah, I would presume so. And do, like, and like how, how, how does it work? Like, the, do, do, do going to communion goes from home to the church, or from home to the school and then the church? Well, they usually go from home to the church, and then they gather, and then they and the the communion mass is that a normal mass that it's part of, or is it a separate event? The Mass is it's like a Sunday morning Mass. So the communions happen at a Sunday morning Mass? No, they happen on a Saturday, but it's like yeah. a Sunday morning Mass. Yes, yeah, so it's a communion Mass. It's sometimes they're incorporated into regular Sunday Masses, but these aren't. Yeah. No. So, like, how come people are out of step then with what they're being told to do? I'm not saying they're right yeah. or wrong, but how come? I, I don't know. I just think it's very unfair. It's very unfair. Like, Neil, over 80% of over 80s are vaccinated. And 90% of people in the population have one vaccination done. And 40,000 were unvaccinated, a lot of them in Croke Park. Yes. And the vast majority of them weren't wearing any masks. Yeah. I think that, that really pushed me over the edge on yesterday when I was thinking back. There was 40,000 at Croke Park at a mask. And then the government knew that there was going to be parties afterwards. The pubs were packed to the brim, Neil. And still, 25 kids can't go into a church and make their first Holy Communion or their confirmation. Are any of the ones you're describing outside of Bishop Finton Gavin? I mean, he, you're, you're Ballyvalan, so that'd be Bishop Finton, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know Blarney Street aren't having theirs either. Yeah. But is it, is it, is it, are they all country ones, I wonder? Blarney, Rathpeak and Ballyhay, places like that. Baby Klein. Klein, and, yeah. Uh, it seems to be only the city that aren't going ahead. So Klein's gone rogue. Yeah. Or Klein's gone rebel, if you like. Um, well, there's still, well, Klein is part of Blarney, places. Yeah, yeah. And there seems to be still going ahead. You can have a hundred at a wedding. Like, why wouldn't you be yes. able to have a communion mass? Sure, there wouldn't. Like, how many kids? 
Um, well, maybe 25. But plus maybe one or two well, family members. Well, yeah, that's all that was allowed. The parents. No siblings, no nothing. It was just the chameleon child and their parents or guardians. I don't see why there would be a problem with that if you could have a hundred at a wedding. There's 50 to a funeral regardless of the size of the family. And 50 to a funeral, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, it doesn't make sense. And is your daughter upset? Of course. What has she said about it? Can she not, what has she said? She thought that she'd be able to make her communion and have her day and get pictures taken with her friends. Disappointed to say the least then. Yeah, very. There's loads of kids disappointed me. I think the kids have had enough and it's not fair on them. They took the bulk of it. They missed out on schooling, their friends. But everything seems to be back to normal, Neil, to some bit. Well, Father Tom Hayes, who's down um, West Corkway, I believe, his parish in West Cork, in, in Eskeen, he says that he doesn't know of any communions taking place. But yet, here they are, yeah. all over the county yeah. of Cork. Yeah. Okay, yep. well, um, maybe I should get back on to the Klein Diocese again and, and find out. And, and indeed, if there are any actual within Cork City and suburbs communions, yep. uh, are confirmations at a different time to communions? Um, sometimes they can be, yeah. Usually they're during the week, but over everything that's going on, they're kind of uh, any other day, really. They can be a Saturday, they can be during the week. Are they at the same time of the year, though? Um, no, usually the communions are in May. Yeah, but at the moment now, because the confirmation I refer to is in Ballyhay, you're talking about communions that are going on in other places. So we need to get some more clarity on this. Um, Definitely. Are, are you nervous at all about uh, about your daughter and others going back to school, going back to primary school? They've been told, keep them at home if they have the sniffles. No, I'm not a bit worried, Neil. Myself, my husband and my son have been vaccinated. I know they can still get it, and because I know they need some bit of normality. Need they need. To go but if they go in and they're seen to have a runny nose, or they look off yeah. form, they'll send them home. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, these kids are going to get sick in the winter time. They will anyway. Yeah, and they will get runny nose, and they will get a cough, and I think everything is down to COVID. Everything, everything, everything is being, everything is being classified as a COVID yeah. symptom. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. All right, okay. And it is terrible because it is going to come into the winter, and we are going to have a bad winter, maybe. If you were, are going to get sick. But if you are, if you do parents who are out at work, I, I don't know your own situation, your own personal situation. But if you have two parents out home, out of work, um, and their primary school child is being sent home, that's going to cause chaos. Yeah. At a, sni- at a sniffle or a cough. Yeah, and it could be, and if you can't even see a GP. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, right. if, and if it is only a sniffle, it's only virus, so all that's going to take it away is calcol and orphan. Would the problem with communions and confirmations really be the parties that are held afterwards and the marquees and things, maybe? But me, there's parties going on since day one. From COVID, since COVID. Yeah. You see it down on the key every week. Not every not every parent is going to give a party. Some people are going away for a weekend, maybe with their kids, or some people are going for meals with their immediate family. 
It's the unfairness of the different rules you're saying. 100 for a wedding, yeah. 100 at a Sunday mass, 50 at a yeah. funeral, but you can't have 25 kids and a guardian go to a church. Yeah. Uh, Bullock yeah. and, Roy, and Roylan, Roylan were confirming last week. They had confirmations yeah. last week. Yeah. <laughs> it just, just seems to be the city. Just getting on with it. All right. Okay, let's see if yeah, I can get some I more think, clarification from the two dioceses, all right? Yeah, I just think that we need to, need to get up and get on with it and get the kids for their communion and the confirmation done. Okay. There's kids going into fourth class need that haven't made it yet either. Oh, sure, I know. And a very exciting you event know? in their life as well. Postponed, postponed. And awfully unfair then when they see others having it in other places and you can't, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, listen, thanks, Leona. Stay listening. We'll see if we can get further updates on this and also if other people have uh, uh, other communions and com- confirmations around our city, suburbs and county, do share. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Daniel Keane, how are you? Hi, Neil. Thanks for taking the call. Okay, there's, um, a, there's a little time. There's little going bit. to be a little bit of time delay as we chat because I'm talking to you in Vietnam, so we can work through the little time delay. Do you, do you recall a text that you sent me way back in March of last year at the start of coronavirus? Yes, I seem to remember sending a message in March, but in February last year was when the first wave hit Vietnam. So basically what they done was they said they were going to close the school for a week, which, you know, at the time it was like, uh, okay, it's it's another week, it's fine, it's no problem. Let me just say at this point, you were teaching English to Vietnamese kids. Go ahead. Yeah, teaching in English centres and in the public schools. So um, I'm a fully qualified teacher. I've got all of my paperwork and my degree, my bachelor's degree. So yeah, yeah. things were fine. So but the school, the communication was it was week by week. So after the first month went by then when things were starting to get, you know, a little bit dodgy money-wise. But I was lucky that I had saved the money in the six, I arrived six months previous prior to the um, the first outbreak so I had saved money and I was lucky I did have because that was able to get me through the four months yeah. without work last year Yeah, because you had said to me in the text but, that uh, we're taking it day by day but for the first time in my life I'm in total limbo and in fairness you said God is good it dies away soon for everyone's sake well it didn't and yeah, that, you know well, it, it didn't, you know, and it's like you've got to have, I mean, when you lose everything else, you've got to have faith, you know, you've got to have belief in some bigger power that will pull people out of the dark side of it. And you find yourself, um, of course, out of work, um, pretty close to penniless. Uh, the rent is due um, and you've nowhere to, to live and nowhere to go and you're desperate to get some help. I'm desperate to get some help, so... The, basically, the fact that I've got no work is the schools we haven't worked basically for for almost six, seven months. I'd say yeah. this day. So they said that they would help us get online teaching. They would provide us with laptops. They fell through on that promise. They haven't paid us. So the, the money that finally, when I did get back on my feet last year after the first wave, we got back to normal, and that was blown on rent and visa fees all of this year. Um, so. I, I was I was trying to set up a GoFundMe page to see could I reach out and get some sort of help because I didn't think it would be as expensive as it is to fly a cat back to to Ireland. So 
because this is such a secretive country here. There's these kind of laws, these kind of uh, sites are illegal. So yeah, a friend of mine yeah. reached out to me in England. He said, look, I'll set one up if you want. And he ended up Simon from the UK. He's and he's done that because um, Vietnam doesn't recognize GoFundMe. But what, just before I get to that section, um, what's life like at the moment? Because I was reading somewhere that you get out of the apartment for two hours a fortnight to shop. Is that accurate? That's accurate. You get two days. I actually got a, a, a new, um, something like an appointment slip slid in under my door today. You get two hours in the morning, one day, and you get two hours in the evening, uh, five days later. So basically you've got four hours out of the whole two weeks that you can actually go to the shop. I mean, my mental, my mental health sorry, has been massively affected because of basically all year I've been staring at the four walls and, and if it wasn't for the cat I and mean he's, where, he's been my best buddy how did, how did Dobby the cat come into your life? Well about just just when I moved out here you know I was in the north of Vietnam first and then I decided to come down here because I knew there was good work down here in Saigon or Ho Chi Minh as they call it like Ho Chi Minh is the um, would be the similar Michael Collins hero of um, right. Vietnam that's right so he was he was um, found in a river, in the Saigon River, in a bag with, there was four other uh, kittens in it. And there were basically newborns. There were only no, there were no more older than two or three weeks old. And somebody had heard the squealing and the meowing coming from a bag that was floating in the river. Oh, my God. So they got a long bamboo pole and pulled out the bag. And thanks be to God, it was an American person that, that, that found it because the Vietnamese treat cats here with contempt and like they see them as a curse they leave and they'll serve them to you in a restaurant and they'll serve your dog but they're, they're just disdain cats so to make a long, long story short about Dobby this guy handed him into Rat 7 Animal Rescue um, Centre where they you know kind of nurse him back to health yeah. give him his vaccine uh, until he's at the age where he'll be suitable to be adopted so I adopted him at about 8 weeks old so it took a good like month I'd say for him to come out of a shell but I had I had everything prepared I bought everything for him a little cat house and toys and stuff just to make him feel safe (laughs) because obviously he still remembered feeling like drowning in the river so you had you had him way before COVID then oh I had him way before COVID yeah you know like it was never even in my mind of like flying home or anything I was like thinking like, you know life is good here yeah. I've got a great companion here in Dobby and has, uh, he, has he been a great pal to you over the last couple of years oh he's he's honest to God I mean I've got I've, I've had sometimes there where like just last week there I was kind of getting upset about thinking because I haven't been home for a while and I had a little bit of a cry to myself I'm not embarrassed to admit that I mean yeah no, you know, sure you're looking at four walls you're on your and own he he, he, he he was up back then when I had a bit of savings I bought him a, a cat castle I said you know I'm going to extend it because he's getting big I mean he's two years old now <laughs> so basically it's like got four levels it's got a tower at the top a little tower in the middle and and he loves that so he, he he sensed I was upset and he came straight up to me on the couch and he was just like rubbing my my forehead with his nose you know and he was trying to lick my forehead so he sensed I was upset I didn't know that cats were like that. I thought that was more of a thing a dog would do. Are cats like that? He, uh, this is strange. He actually behaves like a dog, honestly. <laughs> if I've got him, he knows certain words, right? 
I will say to him, like, I speak to him like I'm speaking to you because, you know, I see him as family. Like, I see him as my son. That's the way I look at it. Cool. And I, I damn right, 100% sure he sees me as his dad because oh, I've given him the chances, the second chance of life that he wouldn't have got if it was a Vietnamese person who found him. So if I say, oh, give, give us a kiss, Bobby, give us a kiss, <laughs> he'll come straight over and he'll just put his nose onto my lips and that's it or if I'm passing him on his uh, castle I swear to God I'm not joking if I can do a video of it and send it on to you I will um, <laughs> and so I, I've how got him out yeah, of his shell yeah, and he's, yeah. he's grand now but how are you surviving for food I mean did I hear somewhere that you're um, literally getting food from the neighbours rice from one noodles from another that's right. It's emb- it's embarrassing to say that from being coming across there and having a good life and like they see us as being rich. Yes, okay, but I w- I would think anybody without having a salary for all of this year would find it very difficult in any situation to survive. But what I've done is um, I started teaching a couple of the kids on the street. I, I mean, I, I know them all by name. They know me by name. Teacher Danny, they call me. So I would teach them of, of an afternoon or an evening for free uh, because there are very very poor people here like and yeah. it, I just wanted to keep the teacher brain ticking over yeah, and yeah. in return like I got a knock on my apartment door one day I was shocked it was two or three the parents of the kid different kids that got together brought a big bag of rice um, noodles and eggs so that's basically what I was living on because the money I've got have got left is I need to keep that for food for him because I don't I can I mean I'm a big fella I can look after myself yeah I, I, I've gone through five or six days at a at a time without eating it because the stress just my appetite's gone but he needs to eat he needs to be healthy because he needs to pass his um all these tests that he needs to do before he does fly home he does and it's he needs all sorts of shots and jabs and all sorts of cat quarantine and all sorts of things like that but can I ask you you know what the help do you need any do you have any family here at home that could help or jump in yes I've, I've had help from friends and family at home who have helped they've, they've helped me um, my father helped me last year and my friends and family have helped yeah to be honest it's I've got a very very good response I was on Ireland AM uh, with Tommy Bow and um, Claire uh, about three weeks ago it's on the Irish Daily Mail and then with RSVP magazine so it's gathering a lot of traction you know but the um, thing is even if I was to get that money sent across now I still have to wait here for three months because first he's got to be microchipped and get his rabies um, vaccine you won't, what, you won't, come, you won't come back without him no you mean you, you, you wouldn't pull him back in the shelter no not a chance. I, I I could have done that. I could have done that a long time ago and flown home. You know. I mean, I've had a couple of people ask me that question. Oh, why don't you leave the cat here? But they haven't. They'd experienced the bond that I have with with my cat. Yeah, I understand people that. People at home, you know, I'm yeah. I'm an animal lover. No, I, would, I understand. I wouldn't that leave Mary. Yeah, I know. It would be like asking me to leave our family dog behind forever. I mean, I understand how you feel. And the, the Irish Embassy have they been any good? Um, last year they were offering flights uh, to a select few home you know it was almost like a lottery but I was like you know let's look into it and uh, 99% of the time I got through to them they're up in Hanoi they're like a thousand kilometres north of the city anytime I got through to them I was getting through to a Vietnamese person and uh, once I got through to an Irish person I won't mention their name, but they said um, they could offer a flight. And I said, look, I need, I'm not abandoning my cat. Like, I want to bring my cat with me. And they said, look, 
under no circumstances. Forget they said, look, yeah. they're offering the flights and I said, look, thanks, but look, maybe I'll find another way. Maybe this will all end soon and I can save up enough to fly home. Okay, so of course this that, year, yeah. then, this And that's where GoFundMe came from. It, it seems to me that a GoFundMe that might have just kind of tipped away quite slowly exploded not because of your plight, no disrespect, but because of Dobby the cat. Would you agree? I, I agree with you 100%. I was actually speaking to Simon tonight. Honestly, Simon, I owe Simon my life. Like he's, Simon was the, the person who said he'd come up with it back in the UK. And he said, both of us agreed. He said, look, Danny, to be honest, like, I think myself, 95% of the people are probably are doing it to help their cat. It's actually not, not saying that I'm a bad person. No, it's just not about you uh, at all. You know, it's about Dobby the cat. That you can you can stay behind. Dobby the cat, like, <laughs> I can stay behind this to get Dobby to a like more civilized country because it's just totally oppressive here and well I mean the GoFundMe started at 5,000 which was what you'd capped it at uh, then it went to 6,000 and then it was capped at 7,500 it's gone to over 7,700 now uh, how far is this going to go right. is, is there another cap to it now I mean how, how, at what stage will you cut no, it no, off that's that, that's the, the the whole we started at a 5 because that was before I looked into the, um, the total flight the total costs of the, the procedure for getting Dobby home yeah. because I didn't th- I did, I've never travelled with a, a pet online but when I found well, found out the price the quote I got I got from the charity here what they do is they don't, don't pay for it but what they do is they help get you the best cheapest quote possible yeah. so they give me the price of about $700 for Dobby's uh, blood tests rabies shot titter tests certificates pet passports you name it <laughs> And a quarter between now. Listen to this, right? For a three point five kilogram cat, um, the cheapest flight to fly him as cargo, they won't accept him because he's not a special assistance dog in the cabin. He'd he'd have to fly in cargo. Is between three and a half thousand dollars to four and a half thousand dollars. But she said expect it to be between four and four and a half. So you're talking at you're talking the bones of five grand. For for Dobby alone, just for a cat to fly. So you can't just take um, Dobby. You can't just take Dobby on your lap, like no. Nah. Oh God, I probably could have like before all this, uh, these lockdowns and all these regulations start coming in. But you know, I, like even though a heavier special assistance dog, which I totally understand, people that need him to fly, they're allowed in in the cabin. But the cat, even though he's only three and a half kilos, he's tiny and he's got huge ears. That's why he's called Dobby from the Harry Potter. Uh, I wondered about that character, but anyway, <laughs> he um, no. So you're looking at about five thousand, five thousand two hundred dollars for him. My flight, I, I can get my flight for about seven hundred dollars. So like seven hundred dollars for me to get home, but five thousand two hundred for a cat. <laughs> but then I've seen that it's one thousand eight hundred and seventy-five euros on top of that when I go back to Ireland. Uh, quarantine quarantine yeah 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 you know and it, I've got to go through a different I've got to fly via Singapore Singapore from Ho Chi Minh yeah, you're, you're, to Singapore yeah yeah you're up to eight grand yeah yeah before you get to Heathrow at all so so exactly and then fly to Cork and I don't know what I'll be facing at Heathrow whether they're going to turn around and say look he needs to be quarantined here for a certain amount of time but once all he's tests and everything once comes back that's the whole point that I, I you know we can cross that off the list that I won't have to be hanging around the country waiting for him to be in quarantine so would you would you, cap it, home, would you cap it at 10k for instance whatever comes in will be will be helpful but 
the, the plan, the budget that we had done, the reason we changed it a couple of times was because we on first first when we done it, it was on a whim, on a guess of a cost of the, of the flights. But then we got the actual costs, and then when we found out about the, the blood tests that needed to be done and all this on Dobby and uh, my flights and this um, ridiculous one thousand eight hundred seventy five euros just to be quarantined in a hotel for yeah. twelve days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus, might, I might, have to wait here. Yeah, might be less for if you three months. Get, yeah, might yeah. be less if you get a PCR. You could get out after five, but you've got three months rent to pay and all sorts of stuff like that as well. It all adds up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I've got three months to stay until the. I mean, as soon as this paperwork comes back, I'm gone. But it takes three months for that process to happen. And I've I've noticed through friends that have it done. The, the tests have to be sent. How crazy is this? The tests have to be sent from Vietnam. The Titi or Arabis test has to be sent to Vietnam from Vietnam, sorry, to London, and then back here. So that's why it takes a certain length of time. And because this needs to be a length of time in between his shots for the safety, you know, because uh, he's only a little, and he's only a little cat yeah. with big ears. It's, yeah. you know, and so he, it's he knows, three months with this. So. Yeah. He'll be away from you for three months, will he? No, 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 no. I'll get it done, like, I'll call to the vet, the pet, and okay. Saigon Pet Hospital okay. will do it. But, but then, and tell me, look, okay, come back in next month when he'll be fit enough for ah, the other boosters yeah, 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 and the yeah, test. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. well, you said you said you'd rather you said you'd rather die on the streets homeless than leave without Dobby. He or his dad, and yeah, he's your I, baby. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the way. I honestly, God, you know, it sounds crazy, but he's had such an awful start to life that it's almost like I've been sent there for a reason. I and know. I know it's only a cat and some people don't think that probably like you understand yourself well you are going to get people who are going to be saying that that kind of money is a huge amount of money it could be spent on homeless human beings you know what I mean but but these people who actually contributed yeah you understand that but listen people gave from their heart it's nobody else's business as to how people spend their money or give it to GoFundMes Uh, but while Dobby doesn't know anything about this you must feel you must feel really really relieved do you? Oh, oh, it's, it's a massive weight off my shoulders, you know. It really is a massive weight off my shoulders because, I mean, I've had, I've been running all year round and I've been at the stage there now, like, I've I've suffered before with, like, very mild depression and because of the lockdown here, like, I just it was impossible to even get my, I was getting my medication delivered, so I've, I've been off it for, like, four months, five months. So the mental health has taken a massive, massive battering because of it. Like so, yeah, um, but you must have got a right. Boost. But when I see overnight, it's, it's exploded. Like even from from Berlin, the AM, and from from our SVP magazine, yeah. and California, the people that have given have given without even asking me any questions. They've given me with with, with well wishes and with a hundred percent. Of yeah, but know, I can I can see this said. I can see this continuing. You know, this is, it has exploded and it will continue financially to grow and grow. You know, you want to be you want to be careful about that because you wouldn't want to come in for any criticism if there was money left over. You know. Oh, well, I'm totally aware of that. Like, I'm totally aware of that. Well, the the, the cap now at seven and a half. Like, it's it's past yeah. the cap by a couple of hundred. You know? <laughs> so I mean, it's. Cat's, it's, cat's paid uh, for. Know, it's, it's working on it's, your costs now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But all I'm saying is that whatever, if it does go slightly over, yeah. I, I still have to. Yeah. That that covers the costs of the flights and everything. But I still have to support myself and the cat for the next three months while and pay the rent. 
and visa fees on top of that, which know, is it's a, a great relief. ridiculous. It's a great relief. I mean, but, it's, um, it's it's such it's a, a genuine case, Neil. Yeah, it's a listen. You sound like a gen- I mean, it's it's amazing to me. I don't know if I told you this or if the lads told you this, but in the in the space of one day on the twenty third of March, twenty twenty, you got in touch with me from Vietnam. And the following day, your brother got in touch with me from Vietnam in a similar situation. Are you aware of that? My brother? Yeah. Got in contact with you from Vietnam? Yeah. yeah. He's teaching there as well, is that? Am I right there? No, 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 no. I, I have a brother that used to teach out there, but he left. He was he was actually one of the, one of the uh, few that got a flight home last year when the first wave hit. As far as I know, he's in Tipperary now. Yeah, that's what I'm I don't saying. Really he, speak he, to my brother. I, I fell out with my brother. Okay, well, so, sorry, sorry to hear that. But what I'm saying is, isn't isn't it amazing that within the space of 24 hours, two brothers in the same part of the world will be caught in similar situations? That's, yeah, that's that, but that's it. Like you know, it affected the whole country of Vietnam from from north to south. You know. I mean, it's only a small slither of land along the coast, so it's affected everybody. Yeah. So yeah. anybody who would have been in that profession would have it would have affected them. But yeah, I was, I, I don't, I, I fell out with my brother since actually since before he went home to Ireland. As far as I know, the last I heard is in Tipperary. Yeah, or something. yeah. No, I just at one stage I thought, yeah, him, uh, fair, yeah. At one stage I thought it was the same person that the names were wrong because both were bro- two brothers, same name, in the same place, teaching. The same English language school, you know. I thought that's got to be the same person. I mean, it's like it's like something like out of um, what was that movie? Uh, Saving, no, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean go in and get the honest, two brothers? That's the first I've heard of it now. That he's he's been in con. No, he's ten years. He's about. I think he's about ten years, yeah, nine or ten years younger than me. Yeah, Th- yeah. Thomas 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 is his name. That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that he'd been in contact with you, but I, I have heard that he was able to get flights through the Irish Embassy last year. But that was easy for him, you know. He, he didn't have to worry about getting a cat home. That's it's a different story. The I mean. cat made all the, the costs difference. are just astronomical. The cat made and, all and the difference. You know what? As you said, like, and, it, and as I agree 100%, 95, 99% of it is to get <laughs> Dobby out of here and get it. Don't feel too bad about this. This is all about Dobby the cat. <laughs> But you know as to where we are right now, can can you can you get any of that money to pay the rent? Can you get any of the GoFundMe money to get food? Well, I can I, I can request it. I presume I can request it, but I don't want to touch it until the rent will be due. Because I'm going to ask the landlady: Is there any way possible that she can give me some sort of discount? Because she has to understand the situation and all that. Teachers, I mean, not just teachers. Basically, everybody's out of work. The only people who are still working are people in the supermarkets. Yeah. But yes, if 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 I need, if it gets to the stage where, right, look, um, sorry, Daniel, but if you don't pay a new month's rent, I will have someone ready to move in, which is very highly likely. Then I presume I can make uh, contact with Simon and ask Simon. Gotcha. Yeah. Look, Simon, Start there's my the landlady's yeah. uh, bank details. Can you send them to her bank so I know my rent is paid? Yeah. That's and what it's there that, for. You know, yeah. we've got a roof over it. That's what it's and there that, for. Okay. Everything, everything like is is to help the both of us stick out another three months, get the paperwork, medical stuff done, and fly home. All you right. know, okay. I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it no, to no, 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 to no. get us out of here. Yeah, that's it's all. about getting it's about getting enough to get you back here, and we're all looking forward to seeing that. And uh, gotta have you out in the studio with Dobby when you land back in Cork. 
Yeah, not a butter. I'll bring him into uh, to right. yourself. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, right. he'll be a little bit nervous because he's terrified of. Uh, he's still terrified of people. <laughs> and I'm terrified. Uh, I'm terrified. That's okay yeah. because I'm terrified of cats. <laughs> I tell you, he wouldn't say. He wouldn't say boot will fly if he saw a fly. That's it. Like if he hears a noise or anything, even while he's eating his dinner, he's because he's been kept in. He's an indoor cat. You dare not leave him on the streets in this country because he will be stolen and no. cooked. Oh God! So he knows all he knows is an indoor life. All right. Well, listen. Good to catch up. Feel free to stay in touch over the next few months. It's a great story. Yes, and thank it's you. Working out. It's thank working me. out perfectly for you. If you'll pardon oh, the pun. Um, pardon <laughs> the pun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You sound like Peter Jones from um, from Dragons in there, the King of the Puns. <laughs> Very good. All right. Listen. Go but, to bed. Um, good to chat. We'll for, talk soon. Thanks for reaching out. Cheers, Daniel. Yeah. Take care. Thank. Neil, good night, good night, or good evening, you know, okay. Bye. Good night, buddy. I have the story of Daniel Keane from the Marsh and uh, Dobby the Cat. And uh, since I spoke to him, actually, that GoFundMe went up to 9,305. I don't know what the limit is. I don't think it's being capped. It continues to grow, and that's where it stands at the moment. Boy, I tell you something, boy, that's some amount of money uh, for a cat. And uh, there's a lot of people out there who just love their pets. Um, I mean, it's a real, you know, stories like that. You see GoFundMe's like that, and they really tug at people. Not everybody's heartstrings. Some people would never, ever part with a penny for a story like that. But but others do. Uh, in their droves, it would seem. Okay, text 0868104106. Back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Cork's Red FM, officially Ireland's music station of the year. Text 0868104106 uh, for whatever we're discussing this morning. I know that the GoFundMe for Dobby is fast approaching 10 grand. And uh, actually, last week, can I just mention somebody that I was endeavouring to help because uh, Rita was on the air last week and she was telling us about a friend of hers who had a house petrol bombed on the north side last month now. Seamus Whelan, in fairness to him, visited the lady. He went up to visit the house. She turned 70 recently uh, and she told him that the guardie believed that her house uh, was mistaken for another. So it's believed to be a case of mistaken identity. Now the council are replacing her front door in the coming weeks and they're fixing the other damage and everybody's grateful for them for stepping in to do that. Uh, But what she really needs is a single bed because her bed was badly damaged in the attack and had to be thrown out. But apparently only for the neighbour in the area, the outcome would have been very, very different for it was they that alerted her and got her out of the house. She doesn't want to come on the air. She's a quiet, shy uh, woman and she also is afraid of other reprisals or another attack. So we'll leave it at that. But we are in the market, lads, for a single bed, uh, a new bed with a mattress, you know, and so we can sort her out for a new bed. She's 70 years old, lives alone and undoubtedly lives in fear now and is very anxious and very, very worried. Who wouldn't be if something like that happened to them in their own home in the middle of the night and inside in the bed? So a bed with a mattress for this elderly lady, that would be a great thing if you can help. Um, 0868 104 106. Uh, But with regards to Dobby uh, the cat coming back from Vietnam, it's an expensive thing, actually. I know somebody years back who was a cat breeder who was living in, in Vietnam and was coming home and wanted... There were, there were pedigree cats. I mean, these were cats that would have been used for breeding. It was a business. I think something like four or five of them had to come back. And this was years back. Uh, and I think it cost him something in the region of 
30 to 35 grand. Uh, now, of his own money, there was no you know, GoFundMes or anything like that. It was his money and he was happy to pay it. But that's the kind of money you're talking about. Uh, it's a lot more expensive getting a cat or a dog back overseas than it is a, a child or a, a human being for that matter. But um, anyway, a lot of text coming in on that. Text 0868104106. Not everybody's impressed though. Matthew? Neil, how are you? I'm good. So what do you make of it? I thought it had a good kind of uh, lovey-dovey Neil. feeling about it, that story. I'm telling you, no, Neil, I'm walking along my house here and I'm talking to the world. So I can't believe what I'm listening to. Neil, I love your programme. I love it. You got me through the lockdown. You're brilliant. You're outstanding. But you're after stupid doing no law now. Ah, uh, really? Why do you say I that? Only, I only call him a gold. That's what I call him. And, and Dobby. Dobby. I know you're just talking about a poor pensioner there. She wants money for the bed. And you want to give Dobby 10 grand a year? Oh, it's not, it's not my money at all, man. It's, I know it's not your money. I know it's not your money, Lee, but he shouldn't even be on here. And they were all people. Feck Dobby, the fucking cat. Look after those people starving on the streets in Cambodia, in Vietnam, in Thailand. Just starving. And just go looking for money for this cat. Neil, my blood is boiling. I swear to God, boy. The, ca- the cat got him through lockdown, though, apparently. The cat got him through lockdown. Yeah, you know, a cat and I got through lockdown. A gold, that's what I call him. Neil, go on and go to me and look, my blood is boiling. All right, but, I, all love right. I love your show. Okay, right, well, I hope, you, I hope you stay listening right. nonetheless. Um, and I imagine you mentioned different countries around the world, and I think maybe Afghanistan could be put in there, too. Okay, so text 0868104106 says, is, um, is Daniel actually for real? Five grand to fly a cat home from Vietnam what planet is he living on um, I see a number of people who aren't terribly impressed with 10 grand to get a cat back from Vietnam that's that's GoFundMe though you know some of them fly uh, others don't this is one that just happened to touch on an awful lot of, of heartstrings so what planet is he living on oh and then he wants everyone else to pay for him would you not cap it at 10 grand um, what the western world that we live in is now pathetic uh, is Daniel having some kind of a joke? Uh, this is a bluff. People starving with no homes. And as for this, he's having a joke, isn't he, Neil? How is this happening? Um, and how did it happen to his brother as well? I'm getting madder by the minute. Um, that, uh, oh, so this is this is funny. Uh, hi, Neil. You're talking to Daniel um, trying to get home with his cat. Fingers crossed that he does get home. Ask him about the time... <laughs> When Michael Jackson played in Cork in 1988 and Daniel sneaked into Jury's Hotel and nearly got to meet Michael Jackson. Great story. Daniel is my neighbour in the middle parish and it would be great to have him and Dobby home again. Uh, And Shiona says, isn't that just the most fantastic story? Go Dobby and his great owner, says Shiona. Um, Text 0868104106. This guy having some kind of a laugh in the times that we live in. 10 grand to bring a cat home. Some people just have the handout for freebies all the time. How many children would get much needed mental health counselling for 10 grand? How many of our elderly could get to Belfast for cataract surgery for 10 grand? Um, The CSPCA could well do with 10 grand to look after our own animals here. Why doesn't he get other work and pay himself? Uh, He's had no work for the last year. Uh, Loads of people are working online now or indeed are working remotely. They've come up with other plans. I'm so sick of these GoFundMes. I think I'll set up a GoFundMe for myself and my dog to go on holidays to Lanzarote, says John. Text 0868104106 for whatever side you might be on this. And we'll go back to our phone lines. Burr, good morning. Hi, Neil. Now, you, you? you're an animal lover. So what do you make of a GoFundMe where 10 grand would be 
almost 10 grand would be raised to get a cat back from Vietnam. I, I absolutely understand where the man is coming from. And I, I suppose my theory on this would be animals don't have a voice. Um, and I mean, I, I would do anything for my own pets, as you can hear them in the background. I can hear them in the background, yeah. <laughs> um, but Daniel, Daniel, sa- Daniel says that in places like Vietnam, uh, there, the cats are regarded as vermin. They're not liked. They would be abused or indeed would end. I don't know whether they actually eat cats. I know that dog and rat would be on menus over there, but he's suggesting that they would eat them if he doesn't bring the cat oh. home very possible. Okay. I mean, I would just go back to Wuhan and I mean the cruelty. But the cruelty is going on here in Ireland as well and animal welfare is shocking. Would it be, wouldn't it be like me um, being asked to part with my family dog? Well, it's kind of like that, isn't it? You, 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 it's, a, it's a bond that you wouldn't want to break. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like people, okay, they talk about uh, fundraising for an animal and it's crazy, but they'll fundraise for some people. Um sometimes, you know, some people aren't that nice <laughs> and I'd rather give... I know, I understand the, the point. I understand the points that the people are making. They say we're losing perspective. 10 grand for a cat from Vietnam and, you know, 10 grand, say, for penny dinners would make a huge difference or 10 grand for, you know, animal shelters on Lisa. I understand that, you know. People are entitled yeah. to say that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, that's it. The, the last man that was on there, he's entitled to his opinion. But my opinion basically is... Animal welfare is shocking. The, the likes of, I was just thinking for Daniel, if he is getting hassle from people about this money being collected, couldn't he donate any money left over to the likes of Dog in Cork or Dog's Trust in Dublin? I mean, I don't know, there's probably lots of other um, animal welfare groups that have no government funding. The CSPCA are government funded. Um, but the likes of Dog, they do absolutely amazing I think work. He said, I think he said that he'd need some of the money to set himself up when he gets back to Cork. So I don't know if they're... Okay. I mean, he's got to pay his rent out there. He's got to get all of the shots and the injections and stuff for the cat. Um, a lot of the money will be taken up then in flights because the flight for the cat goes down into the hold. Um, so and then he comes home and he has to set himself up here with accommodation and so I don't know how much would be how much would be left if okay oh is there a limit on what he can raise no he doesn't seem to put any he doesn't seem to have put a cap on it no I asked him that he he won't cap it okay well I, I mean there was originally was... five grand was the the target and I think it went then to maybe seven and a half thousand and and now it's fast approaching. 10, but there's no limit on it as such. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, well, I do you think there should be a li- Do you think there should be a limit on it? Well, if there isn't a limit, I suppose I would think some of it should be donated then to animal welfare, mm. to be honest. Mm. I mean, you would hate this. I absolutely sympathise with his cause. But then I wouldn't like people to think that he's gaining out of it himself afterwards. If he gets his cat home and gets himself set up and, you know, just basically gets himself set up, um, it might be just worth considering the likes of dog and that, you know. If there's a surplus. For all, yeah. for all the animal lovers that are donating to his GoFundMe. Okay, okay, all you right, know? okay. Perhaps he'd, be, perhaps he'd have no problem with that. I, I, I can't answer, but, you know, I don't know of any cap and I, I don't know at, at what stage he'll just say, okay, I, I now definitely have enough money. You know what I mean? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. All right. If he does, then you're talking about dog and the and animal tr- trust and animal welfare groups well, they're, here. They're just two I'm okay. aware of, Neil. Yeah. Animal Trust came uh, looking for donations around our area last week, and they told me I'm not looking for a clap on the back, but they said um, I was the first house out of a lot of houses that had so, even listened to them, that had even spoke to them. Um, so if dog put I, up, if dog. Or a welfare trust in Cork put up a GoFundMe. Would they get nine or ten grand in the space of a week or so? I don't know. You see, because people might think, should they have money, or they have, they are getting donations, but they're not. They're just getting donations from the public. So but how would they feel then when they would hear of a cat in Vietnam? I mean, it's like it's. Uh, yeah. It's the, the cat is the only thing in his life. I, I understand that. I appreciate that, and it's his pet and his friend. You know, they're like buddies. So it's like asking yeah. him to come back from Vietnam without his lifelong body, you know. Oh, it would be very hard. So I mean, that's what pulls on. That's what pulled on people. You need, you need to have um, an angle. You know what I mean. You have to have a story, and this is the heart wrenching story that that pushed yes. the buttons with people to donate. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I and I would sympathise with him. I would hate to have to leave the cat behind. I think I'd rather have the cat put down than leave it there. All right. Because you okay. just wouldn't know what would okay. happen to the poor cat. Okay. Pray, pray. So. Any, any surplus, give it to the welfare action groups in Cork. Thanks, Bar. Tom doesn't agree. Tom, good morning. Oh, I feel like I'm at the walking into the twilight zone, to be quite honest with you. Um, we're talking about a GoFundMe, a GoFundMe to bring a cat home from Vietnam. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Maybe, as I said to your researcher, they should get onto this, he should get onto the city council. They're always looking for super projects. I mean, they've got Gavin's Magic Garden and they've got these boxes of moss down the centre of the city, like, you know. So they'll, they'll, probably, do, they'll probably do it, like, like on, a, on a more serious He says note. I would rather, no, he says I'd rather die on the streets homeless than leave without the cat. He looks at me like I'm his father and he's my baby. I look in his eyes and there's no way I could leave without him. I mean, oh, let, him let him stay over there for a bit of cat. Well, let him stay over there with his cat. Don't be a trail in our society. These boxes of moss that are down below in the centre of the city, if you walk down to the ones in the end of Patrick Street, you'll see a man sleeping in the doorway there. And a little tent on, and a little tiny, tiny tent over there in Parnell Place. I know that, but but there are an awful lot of animal lovers out there, whether it's dogs or cats or horses or donkeys, and and they're passionate, and that's why this has proved so successful. Everybody is. We all do our own thing. But if this guy was so serious, how long has he been in Vietnam? And what has he been doing when he was there? Was he, he earning money? He was. He was over there teaching English as a foreign language um, to well, Vietnamese kids. He didn't up enough money to bring his best friend home. Because the work... Uh, but listen, uh, let me defend him on that one, if, if it's okay. The, the work dried up. The college is closed. He had no income. Um, he, I imagine he could have gone teaching online but he said everybody was at that and there wasn't enough work to go around so he hasn't been working for the past year um, they, he wasn't paid while he wasn't working okay you know yeah. well, I, I, I still have no sympathy for his predicament to be quite honest with you like, and, uh, to, be, to be quite honest and true but I'm a very human man I give to, I give to that lady that was on there a while ago was on one time I give the dog and to the guide dogs and the stuff like that. We're all big contributors to those charities. 
the donkey shamster and all that. Here's the story here, really. Um, if it was, if it was just Daniel who wanted to get a GoFundMe to get him back from Vietnam, he'd have got nowhere near that kind of money. This Go, this GoFundMe has did he, very did little he get money. What did he actually get money? Well, I told you the amount that's in the fund now, 9,305 euro. No, you didn't tell me that. My apologies. It's at 9,305 and, and probably climbing. This, this money is not about him. He wouldn't have got a kick in a stampede, I'd say. No disrespect to him. Um, if he put up a GoFundMe to get him back from Vietnam. This is about the cat. I'm sorry, I'm just so I just saw you, so you where Irish people's priorities lie that... Like as someone said a while ago, you you have charities like the Penny Dinners who are struggling to feed families who are hungry, children who are going to bed hungry, children who are waking up hungry, and they'll they'll go they'll they're going to donate nearly ten thousand dollars to go for to go for me for a cat. Well, That's sad. It's yeah, a sad. Yeah. It's a sad. It's a sad reflection on our society. Go over and ask the lady over on Penny Dinners. What she could do with ten thousand euros? I, I mean, yeah. you, you make very valid points, and and others like you. Uh, but again, there are there's a lot of people out there who love animals. They would do anything for an animal. There, you can touch yes, at their heartstrings very quickly all, with a sad story. Animals. We all love animals. Neil. Right. We all love animals. We've always been an animal family. My granddaughter just got a lovely little pup recently. And we all look after them to like after the family. When my daughter's long-term rescue dog died, she had a cremated so she could bring it home and it would still be part of our family. We're all out of our minds about animals. But there's a line that we have to draw on the sand and the line in the sand should be to look after our own people, children, children who are hungry. Children who are going to bed hungry. You may not know whatever. You might not believe that those children going to bed. I hungry. do. I do understand what you're saying, a hundred percent, and and in many reasons, and in many aspects, which is I can't argue with what you're saying at all. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll tell you now. You see, you can you can you can talk, and I can talk about people going to bed hungry, children going to bed hungry, but nobody will ever understand what that feeling is like until they actually do it themselves, until they actually have to go to bed hungry. I did as a child. My family did as a child. Yeah. We went to bed hungry many nights. We were an awesome family. We were in the bed hungry many nights. And we woke up at three or four o'clock in the morning when our aunts were come back from working in the hotel to give us something to eat. That would be the first meal that we might have had. Since Where would you get the meal? Where day. would you get the meal? My aunt, my t- the two aunts that reared my family. Worked in, hotel, in hotels, primarily the Imperial Hotel. Yeah, yeah. And when the function was finished, they would be allowed to take away whatever food was left over. And, and, that, and, that, and that would be the food you'd eat? It would be probably our first meal of the day. Yeah, and would it be the only food of the day? It might be the food, the only food since we got a bun and cocoa over at school, like, yeah? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But certain days of the week, not for every day of the week, but the days of the week, you had a bit of money. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway. No, it is here. It is important. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's an important it's story. To it's, it's not about to know because it didn't scare me. It didn't knock me. It's in the, it's in the past. But the thing is, 
But just calm. Children going to bed hungry is the worst thing. But doesn't matter. It is happening now again. It is happening now again. And people are doing nothing about it. They're considering to go fund me, to go fund me for, for cats. They're doing nothing about children going to bed hungry. They're Do you think that away. I should not have aired it then? That I shouldn't have shared the story at all? You run, you run your own show, and I'm not in any position to tell you how, what you should and what you shouldn't do. Okay. I stopped listening to your show yesterday because I have no time listening to religion. Okay. People talking, people talking about a match that we lost. All lads got to the, all lads got to the, all Ireland finals. They played them. They played one of the best teams I've seen since the great Kilkenny teams. And they were beaten. But I had no time for listening to it two years after I've listened to programs about religion. That's your choice, what you, what you put on there. It's my choice, what I listen to a lot. Yeah, yeah. 100% agree with you on that one. Well, I'm glad you're listening this morning and I'm glad you picked up the phone. Well, I, 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 I actually just came over to the gym and I, and I turned on right. the radio. Okay. So maybe that's why I'm behind on it, you know. Okay, all right. Thank you, Tom. Lovely chatting okay, with thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, sir. Damien, sorry for holding you. Go ahead. Morning to you. Morning, sir. Morning. I'm good. Um, so, so you know the story. And uh, there's yeah. a division on Lee's side as to whether this is insane or just a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, um, I hope I'm not off topic, but my question is, um, are cats really pets? As in, there was two cats knocked down in Carrigline last week, it was on the, the notice board, the Carrigline notice page. Um, uh, when people have cats, they're entitled to just set them free, which I don't think is fair on the cat or on people. Um, if you have a dog, you have to keep him confined, you have to keep him on the lead, you have to get him inoculated, you have to do et cetera, et cetera. Any animal that you get, any pet you have, you have to keep confined. Whereas people with cats seem to just set them free to do go where they want, upset whoever they want, pee and poo wherever they want, kill wild animals. And you think the dobby will be added to the list of pooing and peeing know, and well, roaming wild well, cats? Hopefully not. Some people, I was in the house recently where the, the, the cat owners had um, a shed for the cat and the cat lived in the house as well. They had a tube running from the house to the shed. The shed was like a neighbouring, like a, a wire front, with lots of entertainment in the cage for, for the cats. So the cats were happy out. But they were also safe. Yeah, uh, they're nocturnal anyway, aren't they? They're supposed to do a bit of roaming at night, aren't they? That's the kind of creature they are. Well, in that case, then should they really be pets? You know, should they be left out free to, to kill them? So you're saying, is he, is he actually bringing a pet back at all? In effect, really. Or maybe he is, and maybe he is going to take good care of it and keep it enclosed and safe. I get the impression that it's a frightened, very frightened, timid cat. Yeah. Well, and which, uh, and fair to them for bringing it back in line with animal lover. I've dogs, they've got. Would you contribute to a GoFundMe to bring a cat back from Vietnam? If he if he confirmed that he was going to keep it enclosed and not just let it free to get knocked down or attacked by dogs or. or um, just to keep it safe, please. All right. Okay. Thanks for that. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104106. Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850 Leo, good morning. How are you doing, Neil? Oh, I'm good. Uh, so, having heard my chat about uh, Dobby the Cat, your thoughts? Um, okay, there's cat lovers out there. I have neighbours, and I've never seen cats taken care of as well as they have. They just love the cats, and they bring them with them. Mm-hmm. And I've no problem with that. My problem is paying 10,000 euro to bring a cat back from Vietnam, and we have people starving on the streets. 
my wife and myself every month we've since COVID we've made this pact that we go up to penny dinners we give them about 50 euros worth of food once a month yeah. and it helps and I've seen them Neil coming home from work in suits getting four dinners for the, the parents and the kids God and it's, heart, it's heartbreaking and then you have someone wanting to bring a cat back from Vietnam and there's clowns out there paying 10,000 euros for this I'm sorry no and then if I if I picked up right more money to bring him home well he has sorry. to come, well he has to come home with the cat I mean, obviously, obviously he does the- Neil but that's 20,000 you're looking at if it's 10 for a cat it's 10 for a nap. no no uh, no 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 it isn't no I just have to keep things in perspective Daniel was just back okay. to me there he says can you please let Neil, Neil know that I will be donating to an animal charity out of whatever is left. The cost is not 10000 to get home with Dobby. It's approximately $7,000 for the two of us to get home. I don't know, is that right, right there about, about the dollars? You're looking at about 6000 euro. And many GoFundMe pages, he said, many GoFundMe pages surpass the target. Uh, and yes, I will make a donation to a sizable donation to an animal charity. Please let Neil know this. Yeah. So... I mean, the issue, I suppose one of the issues for me is that it's not capped. You know, that usually with the GoFundMe, you would put a target on it. You would exactly. reach it. I you know. would say, you I would do your sums. You yeah. would do your sums. You say, this is what it's going to cost me. And then you would say thank you to people and stop. Yeah, I just think I just think it's crazy that your time now and everyone else's time is taken up this morning talking about a cat coming from Vietnam. And if it's cost, okay, even if it's 5000 I would take that 5,000 and I'd feed the people on these streets of Ireland. There was a photograph this morning taken of people queuing up for um, food in Dublin last night. And again, it would break your heart. You're talking kids, adults, the whole lot. I'm sorry. And I know there's, there's pet lovers out there. I've nothing wrong with pets. And as I said, neighbours of mine, they couldn't be any better for... But like, couldn't, it be, couldn't, it be, couldn't it be lots and lots and lots and lots of people given fivers and tenors? Like, it's not... It's not as if anybody gave a grand or 500 bucks. It's all small little donations, isn't it? And maybe no, those people... May, well, I know, but Sheet. let me just make the point anyway. Maybe those people that gave a fiver or a tenner to get Dobby back from Thailand, uh, from sorry, from Vietnam, uh, also give money to Penny Dinners. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But I just think it's just... Look, we all run into hard times, Neil. We've all done it, every one of us. And... We don't just go on and say, here's easy money, let's do a GoFundMe page. I think they're running away with themselves with this GoFundMe pages. It's The people of Cork, the people of Ireland will give their left and right arm to help people out. We're doing it all our lives. I was in the military, I was overseas, I watched it. Well, i done humanitarian work overseas. We've always done it. And I think we're taking advantage by our own government because of this, because... When we're kicked in the teeth, we just stand up and say, look, kick us again and we'll help you out again. And that's the problem. And I understand people will give to penny dinners and they'll give to a charity of the whole lot. But there's such a big deal made over a cat coming okay. home from Vietnam. Okay. And are you saying and that so people should sit down, people who contribute to funds like this should sit down and have a good long think? Have a long think and have a uh, fight with the government. Fight with the likes of Michal Martin and the rest of them. <clears throat> They have no problem doing what they're doing. Okay. Mehon Martin, I can guarantee you, does not put his hand in his pocket for any GoFundMe page or anyone else. How do you know that? Uh, for God's sake, how do you no, know Neil, that? Neil, ah, come on, listen. Sake, wake up and smell the How rose. do you know what any politician... 
contributes You're a to. clever man because I'm telling you now, I, my mother was involved in politics for a long, long time. And I know the way 95% of them think. And it's all about themselves. And we're sitting on the sideline, Neil, and we're taking it hand and foot. We're the ones that are keeping the government going. We're the ones that are keeping the charities going. The government will do nothing for anyone. But is it, I know. There's a bill okay. passed recently about housing. And because it was helping people get on the housing list, they knocked it. Yeah, it's just all went silent. It's just, we're, we're, we're the ones that keep the country afloat. And we're the ones that are in the middle of a pandemic as well as them. And they need they need to help us as much as we're helping them. Mm. So but your your exasperation then on the other side of this coin is that you see people contributing ten grand to get a cat back from Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. When we people when we people yeah, on okay. the streets living on the streets and children on the streets, we need to we need to think about them first. Okay, my friend. Thank you, know you so I mean? much, Leo. My goes out to this man. It does go out to him. I know he loses his pet, but. No, you you know you make an yeah you make an impassioned point of view. Thank you for that. Actually, thank you so much because you give me an opportunity to do something, Leo. I mentioned yesterday the Christy Moore. Doc- I'll come back to your calls in a few minutes. It's just this is my opportunity to to link this. Um, it was mentioned a Christy Moore documentary. It's about ninety minutes long. It travels around the country with him. It was clearly done before COVID and lockdown and all that kind of thing. I was going to different venues and gigs and chatting with him and Declan Sennett. It was really good. I loved it. Um, and there was one part of it where he was talking about. Uh, a song that he recorded recently forgive me now but somebody actually told me who wrote it a chap called Drake wrote it but Christy was wondering just like Leo was wondering there as to why we are so stupid and why we allow ourselves all of the time after time after time to be kicked in the head or be kicked while we're down or we put up with successive governments and politicians for decades and decades and decades who are really only interested in one thing and that is power, well, a lot more than one thing, power and themselves. These are, this is the message from the song that, that Christy recorded. It's called Oblivious. Imagine what this country would have been like if there, over the last 50 years, if there'd been no Christy Moore. I mean, if you ever picked out an individual who made a huge difference to all of us, oh my God, it's Christy Moore. That is just powerful. I imagine it's probably Senate on the second guitar there. I hope I'm right there. Christy Moore with Oblivious. What will it take? To make us angry. I could listen to that all day long. But then again, I could just listen to Christy Moore all day long. Plankstein and all the rest of them. Lines open at 1850, 104, 106. Meanwhile, uh, Miriam standing by. Patty as well. Tina also. Margaret's first. Margaret, good morning. Hello, good morning. Um, I'm just listening to the man and a few people talking about the animals there, you know. Yeah. They're so special. And my, my cat talks to me. That sounds silly, but she's a rescue cat. And she was so terrified. It took me about three months for her to know that, I, you know, she could relax in my house. So they're very special. And, and I just think they're so, people don't understand how close you can get to them. Well, he, Daniel did say that, that the, 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 the cat is a trauma-sized cat because the cat's That's life right. started with six other cats in a bag thrown in a river or a oh stream in Vietnam. Oh, my goodness, so. I didn't hear that. 
yeah. yeah. Well, this cat now that I rescued about four years ago had five different foster homes, you know? And when he got there, he didn't know where he was. He was hiding under the chair. But I eventually, you know, he's still a very nervous cat. And But I rescued a dog there the other day, you know, and he's just absolutely fantastic, which I had to, you know, humor him. Oh, well, you know, and you're, you're brilliant to be doing all that. But as a, soci- as a society, are we going in the right way that people will put their hand in their pocket or into the bank and give 10 grand to give to bring back a Vietnamese cat? Well, the point is, you see, it's not 10,000 10, or 10, 10 pounds, you know. If they all give a fiver and 10, I think that's the way people are doing it, you know. They're all giving a little bit because no one has a load of money, you know, to do that, that loves their animals so much, you know. But if it, was a, if it was a, a human being that wanted to get back from Vietnam... Would they well, give yes, 10 grand? The moment you're t- of course, but at the moment you're talking about the cats, we certainly would help them too, I'm sure, you know, because I'm after giving to the charity shop some lovely furniture that I don't need anymore, mm. so I also do my charity, you know, mm. and I rang them up and they came down, they took it, and I was absolutely delighted. I gave them a, a good bit of furniture that I don't need anymore. You didn't That's give them any expensive good. antiques by mistake, though, did you? <laughs> I hope huh? I I no, no chipper field or anything like that? I better look around the house fast. <laughs> there might be a drawer, there's something in. No, there's not. It's okay. But I mean, you know, I also do my charity, do the charity shops, you know. I kind of balance it up. And so I do the, the dog for the blind. Ah, you know, Grace, yeah. I kind of, we're, there, doing, we're doing a little bit, you know. But there is some criticism that it's not a capped fund. Do you know what that means? Well, that's why I said it should be capped. It should be stopped at a certain, uh, you know, maybe 10,000 or what is it, 12,000, whatever he needs. It should be capped. Of course it should be capped. Because some of them could go on and go on, and you'd have to know where the money is going to go. At what stage do you say thank you? I, I now have more than enough. Um, when you say when you have enough, in the sense like if, if he wants his um, to get home, if he wants his fare and the cat's fare, and just enough to carry him over for a while. I know he hasn't been working, but hundreds of other people haven't, you know. But he sounds as if he's in a bit of a cir- circumstance, you know, that the cat was his company, the cat kept him going, and there's a lot of people very distressed and very lonely, and we all. We all are in this terrible situation. What would you you say if somebody was listening who uh, just got a red letter from a bank or something or got a um, a letter from an email from a landlord saying you have to go, rent's going up? I'm struggling here myself, you know. But what I'm saying is we all, of course it's shocking. But, I mean, the government have a lot to answer for, really, in the sense of not, uh, you know... Even out, evening out, money. Do you know what I'm saying? It's given a bulk to one. They give it one to one GA crowd, the other to another crowd, and they should equalise out to people. Now, I think it's shocking you lose your home, but, like, the struggle is terrible today for people that lose their home. But um, And then for the elderly that after paying all, they take from them to go into a home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So you know well, I know, I know that. World. I know it's that. a brutal world, like. And now they're putting rates and up and up and up. You know, and you're not getting anything extra, but you have to give. Do you know what I'm saying? The whole situation wrong, but I'm just talking about this situation this morning, that the man was doing something lovely with his lovely cat, but I think, do think it should be capped. But you do fall in love with them, and my cat talks to me, and I talk to her. All right. As I, cute as I, I thank, you, thank you for that. I'll All get right, to some no more problem. calls, Margaret, but good luck to you. Tina. Hello. I need to take an eye break after this, Tina. Um, what do you, did you want to comment on people who are complaining uh, about this, yeah. that they think it's yeah. the 1st of April or something? Yeah. I, I mean, like, like, what I'm saying is um, the people who are donating for Daniel and his cat to bring him home, they're lovers. They're animal lovers, okay? And they're giving maybe five, ten euro, you know, just to help him out. And it's all building up. But the people who are ringing in, complaining, oh, it's too much money, you should have money for this, and I have money for that, I have money for the homeless. 
they're not taking money out of their pockets. So, like, like just give it, just, just it's, shut it, up. What you're saying really is it's nobody's, nobody's business, is it? It's nobody, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not taking money out of their pocket. Like, the man that came on is it, oh, I'm going to do go for my page and take my dog on holiday. Off you go. If you want to do that, do that. Take your dog on holiday. Hello? Yeah, I don't know that you'd make much money on a GoFundMe to take your dog to Lanzarote. That, 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 I, that, that, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I'm saying is the people who are giving out. But why are people why, why are people bringing four dinners home every day to feed their children from penny dinners here in Cork? I don't know, love. I'm I can't answer that. Getting sandwiches and packed lunch from Katrina Toomey so the kids will be able to go to school and eat something in the middle of the day. That's what people are saying. I know, I, I appreciate that, like, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a guy that needs help, that needs to get home. If he puts the cat down, he's going to be heartbroken. Yeah. That, that cat kept him going. Yeah. That cat kept him alive. And that's what matters here. Okay, let me he get some more calls on the air. Thanks. Yeah, okay. his, his buddy through lockdown. You're, you're right, he did say that. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Oh, can I just say, meanwhile, my our own little thing that I've been doing myself, you know, more Cork-related story, really, is um, Rita's friend, the 70-year-old woman who was petrobombed in her house since she opened the bed, case of mistaken identity. Now, the council are doing their bit, and we're thankful for that. They, we were in touch with them, and they're, they're sorting that. And only for the neighbours, we could be talking about a woman who was literally burned to death in her bed. But thank God Almighty, the neighbours came to her aid. But as I said, she needed a bed to sleep in, a single bed that was damaged in the in the firebomb attack. And I'm happy to say that Daniel from Swan Beds is going to look after this lady on the north side. She's sorted now for a mattress, a base and a headboard. And thank you as always to a great Cork company. Been around for a long, long time. And that's Swan Beds in Toker. So thank you for that, David. Delighted. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, for those of you that may have missed earlier on, uh, Daniel is a Cork man trapped in Vietnam. I'm reading from RSVP magazine. He had a desperate appeal to get help to get himself and his cat back to Ireland. He had no income for the past seven months due to lockdown. At one stage, was down to his last $12. Had moved to Saigon to teach English two years ago. Making a good wage uh, because of COVID, there's been no salary and uh, nine months of this year without a salary. And the school say that they would support him during pandemic, but they wouldn't. Actually, we had wanted to contact the school on Daniel's behalf and asked him for details uh, just to see as to why they said that they'd support him and then didn't. And he didn't want to do that. So I'm not, not sure why he didn't, but he, he, he declined that offer. Uh, they were supposed to pay him wages, but uh, he says that they didn't. Um, he ran out of savings, and that's where we're at with regards to getting him. And uh, well, the GoFundMe is to get him and Dobby home. Uh, Linus, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay. What do you think of all that? Um, no, it's like um, it does my head. All those GoFunding pages and all this, like you know, uh, it's like you you set up for GoFund page of anything. Then you know. You know, yeah, like, well, maybe my, maybe somebody will come up with a list of the wacky kind of GoFundMe pages that are out there. Um, you know? Oh yeah, no, but like so, like it's it set up to go for holidays. Set up go to do uh, don't know women does whatever stuff. But like, does you know, anybody ever set up a GoFundMe because they need a break to go on holidays? I don't know if anybody yeah, but, would contribute to that. I know, but but this is I give all the respect to Daniel and all this, like you know. But uh, at the same time, he has a seven months to make it his decision. But he left to the last twelve dollars, as you said, and then he said, uh, "Go front page," like you know, and uh, 
tries to get home. He had five months to come back when he had savings and money, you know. Um, you said in your text, just go and get a job, is it? Yeah, I said like, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, to work. Uh, not going on Daniel's uh, exactly. But I'm saying in, in any uh, go fund, uh, fund me uh, campaign or something, people should go and work and uh, think uh, about the future and everything and not like uh, let it leave for the like five or six months uh, and then say like, oh, sorry, I no money. Please help me. Let me get home. Let me get my cat home and all this. It's okay. Maybe it's a very serious situation for him. But uh, well, I mean, he did, uh, Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel first got thing. Daniel first got in touch with me back uh, last year in, at the same time. Actually, on the twenty third of March, twenty twenty, Daniel got in touch with me, and actually, the day after that, where is it here? On the twenty fourth of March, twenty twenty, the day after that, his brother Thomas got in touch with me. And Thomas had been in Vietnam and had moved then to Thailand and was desperate to get help to get home. So that was his brother, Thomas. That was on the 24th of March. But the day before that, on the 23rd, Daniel, his brother, Daniel and Dobby, um, got in touch to describe uh, what life was like in Vietnam, trying to survive in a communist state. He said everything was great until the schools shut and then they were, uh, you know, weren't getting any money. And this is the story that he began telling me back in March of 2020, um, he said, God is good that it dies away for everyone's sake. Um, so he, like, I suppose the point I'm making is that, um, you know, he's been, he's been finding it tough for over 15 months. Yeah, but, but at the same time, he had 15 months to, to come back, but he still decided to stay there, you know? Uh, I, because I think he was saying there was always the promise that the schools would reopen and they would get back to work and he was yeah, hanging like, in there to see but, if he could same, get back to teaching English. Way, uh, a lot of people in the, in the this situation, in pandemic situation, the same way uh, some people were promised the same thing. Like, and also everyone who been affected by pandemic now set up a GoFundMe page right. and uh, hopes to get that 10 or 15 grand, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You think that he should have made plans sooner rather than just yes, letting exactly, his finances exactly dwindle away? Okay. When, when he's two months about work, he should uh, say, okay, this is the line, I go. Okay. I, I still have like whatever money he had, like an Okaski said he has a, a good wage. So obviously after whatever, nine months without work, he probably couldn't. But after two months without work, he, he probably could. Okay. Um, interestingly, I got another, thank you for that, Linus. Uh, another text there from people asking, there was part of the conversation there. I think it was a text there I saw from Trish. She said, can you please elaborate on what you said about, um, what's the story about his brother contacting you as well last year? Can you elaborate? I think I did there. His brother Thomas was on to us a, a number of times since um, March of last year looking for help. And I remember reading his emails out on air. He was looking for support when... He got back to Ireland eventually. I think he eventually got a flight out of Thailand. I think it might have been a Department of Foreign Affairs flight that got people back, but he was looking for help to get him out of Thailand. He also had been in Vietnam. And then when he got back to us, he was in touch with me on a number of occasions looking for support when he got back to Ireland. He'd been on to us previously. Uh, and he'd been on to us actually on, on a number of occasions looking to get home from China and from the Philippines and from Thailand as well on three different occasions going back to 2018. So I hope that clarifies all of that. Okay, back after 11 and 1850 104 106. You can text 0868 104 106. 
Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show So that's until uh, this day week And I suppose other great news to be optimistic about I mean, whether we're sheeple or not That's up to you to decide But uh, good one this morning We were talking about six weeks to our new freedoms And the end of this morning online is saying That the COVID certs for the pubs and the restaurants Could all be scrapped by the start of October And many of the restrictions could be well gone in six weeks' time. So we're looking at October. Now, not all of them. I was mentioning nightclubs and stuff like that as to whether they get open. Probably, um, if they do, it'll be closer to Christmas and masks could be knocking around uh, indoors for a while yet. But, you know, the certs and stuff like that. And I, I think the only issue that they might have, really, is watching the reopening of schools. But perhaps we pay too much attention now with 90% of the population having at least one vaccination and closer to nearly 85% of them with two Two jabs now. Maybe we pay too much attention to daily COVID numbers. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to people who've got COVID. I think maybe hospitals and ICUs are the numbers we should be just watching carefully so they don't get overrun. But that the rest of us just just drive on and don't get so bogged down on the daily COVID numbers. Know what your thoughts are on that. Text 0868104106. But never seen so many texts. And there's quite a division Right, uh, say right down the middle at the moment as to whether ten grand to get a cat back from Vietnam is a good idea or not, considering the straightened times that others live in. Oh, and if you're a Rolling Stones fan, I'll have a, a song or two with the late Charlie Watts this side of uh, midday. Miriam, good morning. You're a cat owner, so it makes you a cat lover. Good morning. Good morning, Niall. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm good. Uh, as as to as to whether I would. Myself, personally, I like, I like dogs, like I like my own dog kind of thing, but nobody else's. So I don't think I'd be one of the ones to be, uh, you know, contributing to a, a GoFundMe page. Would you? Um, to be honest, I'm actually, we lost our dog nearly three years ago um, and I rescued a cat maybe six years ago. He was sitting on the wall next door to my house and I brought him in and he stayed with us. I'm very nervous. My apologies. You're not nervous. Um, You're just chatting with me. I mean, it's it's it, it's amazing, really, um, uh, because you could say that anybody that contributed to this was a fiver and a tenner here and there, you know, and that eventually it added up. And I think it's fair also to say that he's got huge amounts of exposure internationally, all over the world, because online is all over the world. So people are probably contributing to this from the four corners of the planet. I suppose it's a case of what, when is enough enough. The whole family page was to get a cat home. I don't think it should be funding accommodation when he gets home, um, funding his stay in a hotel for quarantine. It was mainly to get a little cat home from Vietnam. And it's lost all perspective. Like he's wondering how much he'll get to facilitate his own needs for when he gets home. Yeah. And to be honest with you, we shouldn't be paying his rent. He should be in a position himself to be able to, to finance that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it you should... Know, so do you think, that the, you think that the GoFundMe should cover Daniel's flight at all, no? No, not at all. No. The, but he has no, he has no money. But how, how has he been living so for the last 18 months, is it, that he hasn't worked? Well, when he when he ran out of money, he was teaching the kids in 
I think he's in Ho Chi Minh City, isn't he? In, in Saigon. I think he was teaching them English and the parents were giving them eggs and rice. I think that's what he said to me. Do you know, I, we all have financial burdens on each each household. I think nobody is escaping anything during this very difficult time. I pay for my pass. He has been down in the cast hospital with Claire Mead. Absolutely amazing people. Um, I actually, he's where out our back garden. We listen to you every single morning. And he was getting beaten up by other cats. And now I actually have him on a harness and lead. You're so kind to him, in fairness to you. Yeah. Do you know, but I wouldn't put him in danger of any... But Daniel, you know, Daniel says he'd rather die. Like Daniel that. says he'd rather die than leave the cat behind. But, but I suppose my whole thing is that he should be just looking for the money to bring the cat home. Yeah. That's, that's my point of view. Do you know, other people will have a different perspective on it, and that's perfectly fine. But for me, the aim was to bring a cat home. He has made that, that money up tenfold, okay. and he should he should stop. If we shouldn't be paying for accommodation for when he arrives back into Ireland. On the GoFundMe, it says, and this is a quote, Daniel says on his GoFundMe pay, anything more than the total raised will help me when I'm back home to get a place to stay sorted and a few toys for Dobby. But see, the initial GoFundMe was €5,000 yes. or $5,000. He's now nearly at ten. Yeah. So why wasn't the 5000 enough? He should have stopped if the 5000 She should have been ex- extremely grateful for people all over the world pulling their hands in their pockets and assisting him to achieve what he wanted. Okay. Now, okay. it's the cat is all looked after and now we're looking after Daniel in getting back to Ireland. Oh, okay, okay. All right, thanks for that, Miriam. Take care. Um, not everybody believes that it's just a one big, cuddly, warm, fuzzy, happy story. Uh, Paddy, good morning. Good morning. No, what do you make of all of this? <laughs> I, I, um, I was listening to it earlier and I heard this man calling him names. Did he call him a gaul or something? A gaul. Yeah, and I thought that was the man was very, very angry, and he was saying there, there's people giving money to this GoFundMe page for this man to get his little cat back home from Vietnam. Yeah, but that there's I think there's homeless people, there's yeah. sick people, there's people need healthcare, but that man out there and the cat are not responsible for all those, and the people of Cork, of Ireland, of the four corners of the world are absolutely exasperated and confused as to who they can give money to and they want to help people, they want to help animals but there's nearly 6 billion euro a year being paid to charities by our government you know and there's thousands of charities and it's it's in the news most of the time so people are confused they want to help people who are doing a nice thing that man was in Vietnam a country thousands of miles away from his home with a little kitten who obviously he fell in love with it's a 3 year old cat, it just looks very thin, yeah. but it's actually a three. Yeah, but it was found in a river or something, yeah. and uh, it is your man's companion because he he's only allowed out of the apartment twice a week or something. So he he's living with this cat, and he. I, Do you think I, he's I, doing the right thing? I think he is. Okay. No, the, it's, it's people who are letting him go beyond what he should be doing is responsible for that. Like he he put in a GoFundMe page to get certain things done. Now it's after taking off. 
And no, he should be held accountable. I believe that. That people should, maybe you should um, interview him again and say, what's going to happen with the money that's left over? Are you going to donate it to animal homes here? Well, he, had, he did come back this morning because he's listening in Vietnam to say that any surplus will be given to animal rescue. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you say any money left over, but he certainly said a donation. Yeah, Maybe there's a difference. yeah, but he's given something. But I mean, the people who are angry at people giving money to him are angry but it, at Say him if this goes to 15 grand, a sizable donation, he said, actually. If this goes to 15 grand or 20 grand and the actual costs of getting Dobby home are seven, there's still yeah. like potentially thousands of thousands that would it be okay for him to use it then to look after himself and the cat when he's here? No, that's why I'm saying he should be interviewed again and made that made clear. You know, obviously this is, he didn't expect this to happen. He changed his arm and well, he did it for a good reason, but it's after taking off. So it's after snowballing, but now he needs to be reined in. You know, and he needs to be told that, that uh, what's what people are thinking, you know. I, I don't think he's wrong for doing this. I think he's absolutely perfectly right for doing he, it. He, okay, he but he has, said, he has said that he, he has stated that he'll use the GoFundMe for accommodation for somewhere to live in Cork. When he gets back to get him started, I, I don't see anything wrong okay, with that. Unless right. you want him lying under the door of Roach's stores like no, uh, some no. other people, you know, and people saying you, sh- you should be giving money towards them. I mean, all those things that people are giving out about our government faults, you know, they are faults in their, their lack of whatever they're supposed to be doing. They're not doing their job. So like Cork people are very, Cork people are just very, very generous anyway. They're so generous and, but do you know what? There's a small few of them then that are so uh, No, no, there's um, no a lot more than a small few that are saying, yes, we are they, generous, but we need to be generous yeah. to the right things and many are right wondering. No, exactly. no, just many are wondering is a, is a Vietnamese cat a right thing? Well, it's a Vietnamese cat and its owner. You know, and it's not just, it, you can make the story about the cat, but it, it's a story of a man in a far-off land trying to get back home right. with a pet that kept him going through this pandemic. Now, the man who called him a girl, if he had a little cat or something, maybe he wouldn't be so angry, you know? Okay, and let me get some more text on the air on this and uh, a response also for uh, at least an update from Daniel. All that. Thank you for that, uh, Paddy, after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Okay, keep your text coming. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. And uh, I'm going to mix it up as well between now and midday and come back to everything else again in the morning. But uh, Daniel was back in touch from Vietnam. He says, if people want me to cap the page, I can organize that. No problem. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. But it's not my fault that it exploded overnight due to various interviews I'm doing. By the time the medical tests are done and it's time to fly home, it's very possible that the costs will continue to increase. That's the reason why it hasn't been capped, but I can organize that. Thanks to everyone who has donated. The donations have come from worldwide, not just Cork. It's gained international exposure because of my ordeal. I didn't have five months to come back, somebody suggested. We kept being assured falsely by our school we would be, we would be back to work. If people don't want to donate, that's perfectly okay. I haven't held a gun to anyone's head. I've lost four months' salary due to COVID shutting down in 2020. And this year, no salary since January. The whole city is under total curfew and there is no work available. The military have been deployed. As of yesterday, the online teaching has been shut down in Vietnam until 2022. According to an email I received today regarding online teaching. That's bizarre. How could they even do that? Shut down online. Um, that's weird. 
People don't understand how difficult it is out here. Um, here are some photographs of the armed forces rolling into the city a few days ago to enforce basically martial law. And that's a response and an update from Daniel in Vietnam himself. Many, many texts on this. Uh, Daniel's, another Daniel says, the internet is, is strange where cats are concerned, Neil. People have been murdered by strangers because they abuse cats on the net. He'll get the moolah, no bother. Yeah, I, I, I watched that uh, Netflix documentary. If I had my time over again, I wouldn't have bothered, but I did because much of the uh, hype about it at the time, it got very, very serious, didn't it? GoFundMe for bringing a cat back to Ireland is today, the 1st of April. Really unbelievable, says Jason. Ah, Neil, this is the worst ever. Sorry for penny, sorry, penny dinners should be first. Uh, I lived in the Far East for many years. When I was leaving 2018, I brought my two dogs back with me. I looked up the same airline services and uh, I used for the animal transportation and it cost 1200 to bring one of my dogs home, which would have been an 18 kilogram dog and the price for a standard ticket for a person was 780 euro. The cost of vaccinations and blood tests for the animal passport comes to 680 euro. All I can say is that this man is taking the proverbial and abusing the goodwill of others. What you're saying is that when you do the maths on the, your costs in 2018, they came nowhere near the costs that are being suggested today. Um, okay, well, there were your costs. This guy isn't trapped in Vietnam at all. He just wants everything done for him. Conveniently, he wouldn't let you contact the school in Vietnam. Why don't you wake up, Neil, says Mike. Sorry, I thought it was wide awake. I share stories with you. I talk to people every day. As they say, when you're explaining, you're losing. So I'll shut up. Uh, surely there'll be tax implications as there's a 3,000 euro limit on cash gifts by revenue, says Steve. Don't know anything about that. And I don't know if those kind of rules apply to, I suppose they do to the online world. But isn't it, is, uh, three grand is to do with, say, your parents giving you three grand a year tax free. Isn't that what that is? Daniel could easily, uh, Daniel could have easily switched to teaching English online and continue to earn money. There are thousands of people funding their travels around the world by doing this, teaching English online. I would have donated to this guy, but I don't like his wording. I will make a sizable donation after. His fund has to be capped and should not be for a penny more than costs, as I think it all sounds a bit strange with no cap. Great way to live free and use all the money for personal expenses. Uh, there's no justifying setting up the cat fund for that guy. Why don't you use your platform for more urgent domestic charities? You do a lot of good work, but it's totally unacceptable to fund this. Why doesn't his family help out? You are a soft touch, Neil. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm just sharing the story with you and the conversation with Daniel. I'm not involved in the GoFundMe. God knows I just wanted to hear about it and tell, get him to tell the story. Um, am I a soft touch? Probably sometimes. Do I sometimes get it wrong when I help people? Yes. Um, have I any control over that? No. Will I stop trying on my own little way to help people? No. But in this case, I'm not involved in the, in the GoFundMe. I'm not, I'm not a cat lover, so it isn't something that I would contribute to at all. It's just, it's just not my thing. But I thought it was an intriguing story, and that's why we're sharing it. Uh, all a bit suspect. His brother on to you last year coming back from Vietnam as well. Well, I would put that down to just bizarre coincidence, no more. You could have two brothers in the same part of the world and at some stage in the same country, and, and the country goes into lockdown. Um, it it's kind of like saving Private Ryan stuff for the time. Mind you, I have to say, Daniel, when he got in touch with me last year, was not looking for any help. 
was only in July of this year that Daniel started to reach out looking for help to get home. His brother was on to me last year uh, in March of 2020 looking to get funding to get out of, out of Thailand and had been in Vietnam. But back in March of 2020, Daniel originally got on to me, Daniel as in Daniel and Dobby, just to tell me how bad things were getting in Vietnam. It wasn't looking for help at the time. Uh, just to note, I'm an animal person and would literally do anything for my dogs. So if he's 100% sincere, I completely understand why he isn't leaving without his cat. But again, part of me can't help but feel that there is a level of perhaps question that should be asked of his story. Um, what part of it? Come back and tell me, what part exactly do you want me to drill into some more? Kleena says, bloody hell, people are heartless. Do they have to be so unkind? Uh, to the last guy that was on, what about people who are having kids who are never in a position to have them financially in the first place? Having bringing children into the world, she's saying, without having the funds or the moolah to rear them. Honestly, people should just give it a rest, says Kleena. Just just one or two more and, and I'll pick up on it tomorrow than if because there is more coming in. Just responding to that guy and his cat, I think my antenna went up when you said his brother also contacted you for help. I could be reading into something now. Not my place to judge. It just seems a bit far-fetched. I love the show, says Rachel. Coincidence, I guess. Um, I put my cat to sleep two weeks ago and I can't stop crying. I would have paid a million to keep her alive, says Catherine. Well, you probably feel his pain, actually, and understand his plight because of that, I would imagine. Okay, keep those coming. Text 0868104106. I'll come back to them again a little later on if there's more calls, well and good. And what I can't do today, I will do tomorrow an awful lot. And that's Dobby and Daniel, Dobby the cat on GoFundMe. Lots of calls then from people who were talking about um, um, communions and confirmation. And I started with that this morning. Let me just go back to that, if you don't mind, because uh, it seems as if some churches and some schools are just doing their own thing. Um, and perhaps they thought that it might go below the radar. Others are suggesting I should keep my mouth shut because it will spoil it for those who are trying to have communions and confirmations under the radar. Burris standing by, but Sharon first. Sharon, good morning. Hi, Neil. How do you feel about all of these schools that I listed off this morning and all of these churches that are going ahead with, with confirmations and communions? I just don't see why they all can't just get on with it. I don't understand why some schools can go ahead and other schools can't. And are you involved or do you have somebody? Uh, my son, he's uh, making this confirmation. Well, he was meant to on the 17th of September. And I got an email last week saying that it was cancelled. But he's in the special school. I won't mention the school, but he's in the special school. So every year there's maybe between two and six kids that make their confirmation from that school. Mm. So they join up with another school in in a close-by area. And is he disappointed? He is. He's very disappointed, yeah. And had you all he's his stuff right bought, his clothes and his shoes and his suit and whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. yeah, he's dressed head to toe, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I read out a list of them. I can read them out again of the different uh, churches that either are having or have had confirmations and communions over the past couple of weeks, in spite of the church telling me yesterday that they know of no church doing communions and confirmations. But yet they are. Yeah, they are. And like like I said, his school make it with another school. Usually, with a sixth class from a different school, because there's so little in my son's school, make the confirmation or the communion. So they separated it out. We were told at the end of the school year in June 
that it, he wouldn't be making it now with the other school. It would just be him and the five kids in his school. So that's six of them in a big church with two parents and their sponsor. So that's 18 people plus the kids is 24 yeah. plus the priest is 25. That's 25 people 25, in a church. Yeah. But in other cases, it would be substantially more than that. You know, I mean, I know it yours would. is 25. But if you had 25 kids with two parents, it's still under the 100, you know? It is. I know, and I understand that. But I don't understand why his school can't do it. That's, I know. That's okay. annoying. Well, Ballyhay, Rathcormack, Bartlemy, uh, Bullock, Rylan, and they're just ones that I know off the top of my head from Cork that either had confirmations or communions last week or are planning to this week. And I know there's lots more coming up next month for city schools as well. Because I know a few people who have communions and confirmations. My nephew has his. They could, yet, they, they could yet go ahead, though. There could be a change it before could. then, you know. You know. All right, let but me I talk. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. What? I thought they could have waited until the roadmap came out as well before cancelling anything just to see what way the government have put the rest of the restrictions. Do you know how long they they've stretched them out or have they stretched them out to October then fair enough it gets cancelled but what if they haven't what if they're only stretched out for the next two or three weeks yeah I know I know let me, went ahead then. let me talk to Burr thank you Sharon Burr good morning good morning and what is it 100 at a wedding 50 at a funeral isn't it but yet no communions <laughs> or confirmations I know it's, it's very very sad it's sad for the children but I, I just believe children adapt um, you know I know the parents are after putting you know, money, their money into buying clothes and, you know, the the kids' stuff and whatever. But what I can't understand is how the church and the schools are cancelling it before the guidelines came out. Explain that to me. What do you mean by that, before the guidelines came out? Because I, as far as I know, um, it's not until the 31st of August before, you know, they're, they're going to say whether they're cancelled or not. And from what I can gather... Is it that the schools are just giving, or do they know something more, and the churches, that they're going to be cancelled anyway? Because, um, like, you, to me, you just, they're cancelling them, thinking that they're going to um, help people, save money, and whatever. But, like, I mean, obviously, especially, I know, boys and girls, their clothes are after being bought anyway. And that's the case of your granddaughters, is it? That's my granddaughter. No, I have to say she she is not disappointed because, like to me, I feel that children adapt. You know, like like take twelve the COVID. There's there are little children out there younger again that haven't been in big crowds, and since the you know since they're opening up. Well, maybe they just got such a battering over the last year and a half that they're willing, they're able to take it now. Because before all of this, they would have been very disappointed. Now I know that people are texting saying this is not anything to do with the religious ceremony. It's about the party. It's about the fancy clothes, and it's about the money they can make. What do you think of that? Well, I would just think that on those lines. I think people should be responsible, you know. I mean, it, the thing is, the communion, it's, its you know, the sacrament. I mean, we didn't get to see the, com- we couldn't go to the first confessions where we used to long go. You couldn't go to the first confessions. It was streamed. They're played to the schools and it was beautiful. But, but it was very emotional to me for the sacrament of confession, you know, that I was only able to see her do her first confession. You know, there's a first for everything. I know, I know. And um, I, I just, who is, 
I remember. Do you remember practicing in primary school for your first confession? I we had our catechism every day, and and I remember the confirmation. If you didn't know an answer when the bishop came, you couldn't make it. You know these little tricks, but you you know that's all part of growing up. You remember it, and you were practicing the of sins. I uh, was of course it, I do. Yeah, what yeah. was it like? But I, like, why not? Like. <laughs> I cursed. I was sat, I was bold to my brother. I gave my I mother know, cheek. I didn't yeah. do a job that I was asked to do. I stole. Yeah, I yeah. stole money out of my mother's purse. No, I never did that. Oh, never did that. <laughs> but I like who is who is cancelling it. I I I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why some churches and also. The school must be involved in it, or just getting on and yeah. doing them themselves. Um, well, the school will have no other choice to do it if the if the parish is going to cancel it. No, but I'm talking about the ones that aren't cancelling. I've listed out some, and I know that all over the country there are communions and confirmations happening. Uh, we have yeah. two different dioceses here, and that adds to the confusion. I, I hope I can get some more clarification. Uh, say, for instance, but from I, I just think both dioceses, but it, seems, it but, seems to be every day like. Like she said, no, like it was only this morning. My daughter got her text. I know, but if you, yeah, it's cancelling. But if you if you can have a hundred people at mass, right? Can't you? You can't. Right, yeah. and you have you have a school say with twenty five kids making their holy communion. Yeah, that's twenty and twenty five mams and dads. That's seventy five people. Yeah, yeah. That's within what's the guide. That's within the guidelines, then, isn't it, of a yeah. church service? So what's the problem? I, I know what you're saying about like I mean, my parish is the Granabarha. It is a big, big church. And I'm sure, like, the, the church will welcome everybody. It's a big, huge church. Like, there, there, there's enough, even with great space, for 150. But maybe we just shouldn't it. be talking about it because we don't, maybe we'd be spoiling for those that are just getting on with them. I hope, and I really, truly hope, that those that are allowed to go on, that they, that they get there. I really, really do, because it's the sacrament of, of communion. You know, the way things are going, it looks like they're, they're okay. going to be married before they make their communion. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Burr. Um, a few emails on yesterday with regards to the reading at the Mass, you know, where a woman is uh, subservient to the man. That's the impression I got from it, where, um, you know, the man, the husband is the boss of all things and the wife must submit to the husband. I think the point has been missed with a lot of your callers. The issue is that we have an organization that is too much control in our country with outdated beliefs. Eileen says, any religion can believe in what it wants to believe. Those who study scripture can take what they want from the readings. This is an example of how it is necessary to separate church and state, though. Any religion can do what it wants. Just get it out of our schools and get it out of our government. Rosario says, well done on how sensitive you handled today's program with the interviews. You showed exactly how important it is to have tolerance of other people's views. But as a Catholic myself, I was extremely disappointed with Father Tom Hayes. Editing shouldn't come into it editing scripture. What's important is what's read out to the people on Sunday and what people hear. What was said on Sunday was appalling. That piece of scripture should never be read out in the first place. I wish you would talk to Father Tim Hazelwood. Regards, Rosario. Uh, So you're saying that we have to be tolerant of people's beliefs, Neil. So do we have to be tolerant of far-right beliefs? If I was to have far-right thinking and went public, what do you think would happen? I'd have every LGBTQ activist in Ireland wanting my head in a plate along with every other pressure group. We have to be very careful about tolerance, really. I have to tolerate Islam's views on some things, and some of these are very right-wing in Western society at present. All right, interesting points of view. Um, 
from where I am looking at what you're saying, I don't think why you would ever have any issue with LGBTQ. I, I don't know why you would, but you're, you're saying you've, you've singled that out, that you'd have every LB, LBGTQ activist in Ireland wanting your head on a plate. Uh, and I'm wondering the reasons why they might want your head on a plate. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And as promised, the death uh, over the past 24 hours of uh, Charlie Watts, the drummer with uh, the Rolling Stones. Front page of the mail this morning. Farewell to Charlie, the reluctant stone loyal to one woman. The sun this morning. Charlie, the rock behind the stones. Uh, the mirror this morning has a front page. Rock world in mourning as Rolling Stones legend dies age 80. A fantastic photograph of him in his sharp suit. He was always a sharp dresser with his drum kit. Uh, miss you, Charlie, is the headline. One, two, three, four, five pages uh, on the mail. Pages one through five, just um, dedicated uh, to Charlie Watts. This morning on the, the BBC, earlier this morning, uh, I heard Stuart Copeland from the police, the drummer with the police, talking about uh, the late uh, Charlie. And he was saying, on behalf of all drum- drummers, that the drummers work the hardest. He was saying things along the lines of, uh, drummers are the ones that drive the bus. Drummers drive the, tr- the truck, if you like. They drive the band. When the drummer stops, the music stops. Uh, and that was the importance of it. And he was singling out um, Charlie Watts' drumming style. He got quite complicated. I could follow it. He said that he was always slightly ahead beat-wise, which I thought was amazing. And he gave this song as an example of what he was talking about. Two different beats going on there. Stones with Honky Tonk Woman, joined by uh, Hanal Stoke from Stokes from Hot Press. Now, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And Copeland this morning said that you can't have the rock without the roll, that the rest of them were the rock, but that Charlie Watts was the roll. And we, we tend to forget about yeah. the drummers a lot at the time, don't we? Well, that's true. And, you know, when, when you know, great bands always defer to the drummer. Um, you know, the engine room is what, uh, you know, drives rock and roll. And uh, it's something that, you know, you two have acknowledged with Larry Mullen uh, in an Irish context. And, and uh, certainly Charlie Watts was uh, at the heart of everything great that the Rolling Stones uh, did. Does the drummer control the song then? Does the drummer control the performance? I know he controls the tempo or she. Well, 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 well yes. But, but I think that, put it this way. If you've got a bad drummer in a band, you're banjacking. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and Charlie was technically very good. You know, Charlie was a jazz man uh, and he kind of slipped into rock and roll and people, you know, people, he has been described as, as, as a reluctant rock and roller and that is true in a way. It's just that musically he was very evolved. He he was into, uh, you know, R- R&B, rhythm and blues, uh, black music, uh, you know, and jazz music. And, uh, and, and, and that formed the core bedrock of the Rolling Stones sound. Uh, and, and, and so he is, I mean, there's a great story about, uh, you know, Charlie and, 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 and Keith and uh, the, the, the uh, Charlie and Keith and Mick, there was always this sense that Mick and Keith were the Rolling Stones, you know. And uh, anyway, one one night, Jagger, uh, Mick Jagger, report, uh, he, he woke uh, Charlie Watts 
bellowing down the phone, where's my drummer? <laughs> and uh, Charlie was a man who always loved a good suit. He dressed impeccably. Yeah. And he got out of bed, he put on his good suit, he went down to the lobby of the hotel and he punched Mick Jagger. <laughs> he hit him a smack in the gob and he said, don't ever call me your drummer again. You're my uh, uh, bleep singer. <laughs> <laughs> He, he wasn't, he was nowhere like the Hellraiser that Jagger and Keith Richards are, though. He had a much quieter kind of a guy, wasn't he? He was a loving husband, you know, married all his life, same woman, father, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, but look, he, he, was, he was just a good guy. You know, genuinely, he was, he was a great musician. Uh, but he was a good guy who was completely grounded. He didn't really uh, get into this whole star trip. And there's a lot of musicians like that. A lot of musicians actually look on the fame part of things, you know, the attention uh, as a real negative. I mean, the great, you know, Kirk uh, hero Rory Gallagher was the same. He wasn't interested in the stardom. He wasn't interested in, uh, you know, the, 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 the trappings of success. He was interested in the music, in actually, making great music. Yeah, actually, the, and, and, uh, the Stones played Cork in 65. There's a super article in the Examiner this morning, which is just picking up on what you said there, that in the audience at the gig in 65 was 16-year-old Rory Gallagher. And for many years, of course, we know of his fantastic talent, but briefly, apparently, he was in the frame to join the Rolling Stones. Is that true? Well, that's that's absolutely true. He 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 was invited to 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 come out to uh, play with the Rolling Stones. I mean, this is in the context of of, of uh, the Stones had a few changes in guitar uh, player along the way, and Mick Taylor was making ex- exit, uh, and ultimately Ronnie Wood uh, of the Faces uh, would become the new Rolling Stones guitar player. But Rory was invited uh, to come along, uh, jam, uh, see how it all felt uh, from both points of view. Uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, Rory was a very uh, individual character who loved the fact that he was in control of his own destiny. Yeah. Uh, you know, he made that decision, leave taste behind, uh, you know, not not be bound by the shackles of managers who didn't understand, yeah. and, you know, having to take dictates from, from other musicians and whereas Rory would have, would have loved working with Keith Richards and working with uh, you know the, 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 the Charlie and the other musicians uh, he preferred to plough his own furrow yeah. um, and, and, and uh, so the, 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 let's say the magic that might have been uh, had Rory actually joined the Stones didn't ever They uh, did just fine happen. even without the great Rory Gallagher they say that gig on Side in 65 was incredible they had to call the guards that you could not hear the music in the Savoy imagine that the band <laughs> couldn't know. hear their own music I know, yeah. Well, the thing is, in that area, you know, there was this idea, you're either a Beatles or a Stones uh, fan, you know, and, and people say, yeah, you're for the Beatles or the Stones, which, you know, and I was both, you know, I thought the Beatles were absolutely astonishing and they came to Dublin and the Stones came to Dublin and they played these these phenomenal gigs. It was just a bit early for me, yeah. uh, you know, um, but... but uh, I never, got, I never got the Beatles, as so, I mean, for me, it would be Pink Floyd. Are the Rolling Stones, you know, not not. not yeah, so no, these 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 were these were astonishing groups, and when you think about it, you know, they they, they blazed the trail, and everything that happened afterwards, to some extent, followed uh, what what the, 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 the you know what the Beatles and the Stones had done. Um, but but I but I loved them both, and and going back to that area, you know, those uh, aftermath album between the Buttons, uh, their Satanic Majesties, those were all great records. I mean, the Stones were a bit more up and down in. 
in terms of the quality of what the, the, they did, but they did make astonishing rock and roll. I mean, hearing satisfaction for the first time, and it is that driving insistent rhythm underneath, and Charlie, you know, as, as, as Stuart Copeland said, just pushing it that little bit. Um, you know, the, 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 the thing about a lot of modern music is you lose that sense of human, uh, you know, the personality of music when you use drum machines and, 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 and that sort of uh, mechanistic uh, mm. rhythm. The, the great thing about having a drummer is you're flawed. It's absolutely impossible to keep 100% perfect time all the time. Oh my God, because Copeland's... Little, yeah. little sh- those, those little uh, subtle uh, shifts that happen naturally and sometimes it just lifts you onto a different level. Um, so it's a, a char- Charlie, uh, in many ways, embody all of that stuff. Yeah, because Co- Copeland actually said this morning that uh, you can have pretty people up front singing, looking handsome, but the drummers work the hardest and you will really know that that when when the gig is nearly over and the drummer's getting tired, none of the others are. But it's the drummer. I mean it's a complete <laughs> well, workout. That that's that's true up to a point. Actually nowadays, uh, you know, when you look at that that lead singer, they run miles. You know, well, they, Jagger they, does, yeah. They, yeah. I mean it, 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 Mick Jagger does, you know, has always done it, but he he, he does it. So uh, nowadays that's less uh, true than it was uh, because stages have got bigger, arenas have got bigger, the ground to be covered is, 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 is far greater. But at the same time, it is true that the work that drummers put in yeah. over the course of 90 minutes or two hours of rock and roll is phenomenal. And, and a lot of them have difficulties with their hands and difficulties with, you know, physically. Happened to Phil um, Collins, didn't it? And the arthritis and a lot of that. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 and a lot of drummers because they, they get repetitive strain injuries, all of that sort of stuff. Um, it's hard work and, and, and it's, let's say, the, the uh, less glamorous side of being, uh, you know, a superstar musician is, uh, you know, that, that, that sort of the hard labour that goes into touring. It's, it's a yeah. tough, tough life. I know that you, um, I know you met so, the Stones a lot, but I think you actually met Jagger, did you? Yeah. And, and, you and, went to and, gigs uh, and um, yeah, the, the 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 I mean, Mick Jagger is, is 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 an electric sort of a character, and he's not the easiest to sit down and have a conversation with. But but uh, I also had the, the privilege of going into the studio when the Rolling Stones were recording, and and uh, they had just made their exit. But one of the most striking things was the setup with uh, all of the. Good the, the guitars. I mean, there were something like sixty-five guitars uh, lined up around the room, any of which Keith Richards might have picked up and started uh, wrestling with at any given moment. <laughs> and uh, of course, the drum kit is 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 uh, you know in that context a very simple thing. Charlie didn't need uh, you know two uh, bass drums. You know, he, he he used a limited kit. He knew what he wanted to do with it. He was great at doing it, and he created a fantastic noise at the heart of the Rolling Stones music. And they call him the ultimate drummer. Shall we play out on a song that you mentioned, actually? For many, of course, the anthem, Satisfaction. What do you think? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and, and you know, the, the, there's there's so many great things about Satisfaction. Uh, I don't think I need to, to start talking to Red. We'll be here till tomorrow. Um but, you know, it is a template of a, a, a song which has lived and still lives and breathes the essence of rock and roll. Great to catch up. Thank you for that tribute. Niall Stokes at Hot Press. Have a great day, Niall. Thank you. Thanks.
Dreams and Satisfaction in tribute to the Rolling Stones and indeed to the late Charlie Watts. Um, they've all changed their life, actually, the, the Rolling Stones. You know, you couldn't, well, maybe apart from Keith Richards, I know that uh, I know that Jagger's big into yoga and meditation and stuff like that and eats healthy and maybe that's why they're still touring the world. He must be like 78 years old. I think Charlie was the oldest of them. I bow to the superior musical knowledge of the great Niles Stokes at Hot Press, though. If you like your music documentaries and you like the Stones, a couple of very good ones actually that are available. You can search for them yourselves. One is a documentary, Fly in the Wall documentary with uh, Keith Richards. I mean, it's just incredible to watch it. It's like an hour and a half in his home and going around with him and his life and his thoughts and him jamming. It's fantastic. The other one is a Stones tour of South America, Brazil, I think, if I remember correctly. And the build-up and the amount of work that goes into moving the Rolling Stones from city to city, from continent to continent. Both of them were brilliant. You can find them for yourself. I get the impression that uh, a lot of the parish priests are and churches and schools are doing communions and confirmations when the numbers are small, when they're, say, dealing with 12 to 15 kids and they're driving on. And I'm hearing that, and I'll read out more of this tomorrow, but I'm hearing that what they're saying is they deferred and cancelled everything last year, didn't want to do the same for this year, where the numbers are small. And when they say small, 12 to 15 uh, others would have doubled or perhaps even trebled that, but maybe that's one of the reasons why you're hearing them going ahead. It's very small ones from small schools. We'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.